You're in the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. This week on the Paracast with Gene and Chris, we have a fascinating book we're going to talk about with Marie Jones, who hasn't been on the Paracast for several years. We just seem to be missing each other's schedules. So we forced her to sit down in front of her computer and talk to us. The book is called This Book is From the Future, with a subtitle, A Journey Through Portals, Relativity, Wormholes, and Other Adventures in Time Travel. Sounds to me like you must be a fan of Doctor Who. To tell you the truth, I never really, oh God, people are going to kill me for saying this, but I never really was a huge fan. (laughs) Okay, you were never a fan so much of Doctor Who. There's a big level of fandom of Doctor Who, but he travels around in what looks like a 1950s phone booth or police phone booth that on the inside is bigger than on the outside and right, it travels right. through time and space now understanding that you're not a fan of doctor who and doctor who is one of these characters where you can have a different actor playing doctor who but he is still doctor who and of course he never uses the name doctor who he's always called the doctor do i make sense yet you do and it's not that i'm not a fan i just for some reason never watched I, I understand the cult status of the show, and I've read about how popular it is, but I can never seem to figure out when it's on or be in front of the TV when it's on. So it just was one of those things I never got sucked up by, like I did maybe with the, the early Star Trek or even Lost, shows like that. When it comes to Doctor Who, it's on BBC America in the United States. If you have a DVR, you can always record shows and catch up and right now they've got a young guy named matt smith who's playing doctor who but here's the point i'm going to talk about because we're talking about wormholes and time portals and the stock and trade of doctor who is at the inside of his craft the tardis tardis Mm -hmm. is bigger than the outside right with all your studies of time travel is it possible for this dimensional anomaly or whatever it is sure Anything's possible. <laughs> when you get into all the theoretical physics stuff, sure, it's anything is possible. And that's such a widely used motif to the idea that uh, I, I've seen horror movies even where somebody's gone into a small house, they get inside, and it's just gigantic as if they've slipped into another dimension, another level of reality. So that's a device that's used, I think, in a lot of science fiction, fantasy, and horror storytelling. But sure, I mean, we have no idea whether or not parallel universes and other dimensions, other levels of reality exist. But theoretically, we, you hear them discussed all the time in the halls of science. Well, of course, with Star Trek and the Star Trek universe, we have something called warp drive. Is that, in a sense, going in another dimension to go through outer space faster? Is that what warp drive is all about? Sure, and I think it's also overcoming the limitations of light speed, and uh, it's like in Star Wars, all the famous scenes where they jump into another reality, another part of the universe through a wormhole or through a little shortcut through time and space. So, yeah, it's like an accelerated elevator that takes you from one level to the other very quickly. And when we look at that, of course, it was easy to use that as a gimmick, a plot gimmick, because it was boring to show someone traveling in a spaceship for 25 years and going into some sort of suspended animation. Right. And that, you know, goes back to the famous science fiction film Forbidden Planet, 
And you got to think that the Leslie Nielsen character in Forbidden Planet influenced William Shatner when he became <laughs> Captain Kirk. It was a kind of swagger. <laughs> that air. Before we learned that Leslie Nielsen was a practical joker and a comedian. But the point is, there, the pilots of the spaceship and the crew went into some sort of stasis. They were in sort of suspended animation chambers. Right. Sleep mode. <laughs> Sleep mode, but that doesn't make for a lot of fun, so you had warp drive. But that's right. an interesting question, too. In doing fiction of that sort, the people who create Star Trek or the people who create Doctor Who or anything showing space being warped, time travel, whatever, are they going back to science or real scientific knowledge to do this or just making it all up? That's a really good question, and I think in some cases... It's a pure imagination, uh, just pushing the outside of the envelope of what is available at the time, what science and knowledge is available at the time to these writers. Because, you know, a lot of these writers obviously had an interest in this subject. I'm sure they did a little bit of research, but obviously the science at the time was very limited. So I think it's a combination of looking at, let's say it's a science fiction writer today. So that person would look at everything that has already happened, but also what's being discussed theoretically, and then just take that and run with it uh, using their imagination. And I really think that all science fact, quote-unquote, begins with science fiction. I mean, somebody thinks a thought or imagines something as being possible, and science eventually will either catch up with it or disprove it or take it in a different direction. But it is really interesting how these fiction writers just imagine the future and how so much of it is really coming into play. Well, also, when they do science fiction movies or TV, they quite often have some kind of scientific advisor. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Who provides a little bit of science. Of course, you know, what will normally happen in a situation like that is that the scientific advisor says, well, this is a little bit screwy. And the producer will say, yeah, but it's just a TV show. Yeah, exactly. Come on, it's fiction. But it does give a little bit of a foundation for uh, for some truth. <laughs> I love Close Encounters of the Third Kind. I know it has nothing to do with time travel, but I love the fact Dr. Jalen Hynek was a consultant. And so even though the movie was purely fictional and very imaginative, he was there to provide some basis and some foundation for the plot line and, and, and what the characters were going through. Obviously, we don't want just cut and dry fact when we go to the movies or read a novel or even watch a TV show like Star Trek or Doctor Who. We want to take it as far as we can. We want the imaginative aspects there. Well, just as an example, I'm not going to give too many spoilers on this, but there's a minor spoiler. In the movie The Dark Knight Rises, you have a scene where Bane, the villain, literally breaks Batman's back. Oh. But Ouch. somehow he is cured. And I won't go on to, except saying this guy is kind of like a wild chiropractor type <laughs> yeah, who say. helps <laughs> Batman recover, get his back fixed so he can beat the villain or thus and so. I won't get into those details. So this is the medical science of the future, <laughs> backbreaking. But who knows? Right. It's I mean, not a backbreaking <laughs> thing. It's a bat break. Bat breaking. It's a yes. bat break. Because it's Batman, and everything I, it, about Batman has to have a prefix bat. Exactly. But so it's they bat-broke his back. It's not a real broken back. It's a bat-broken back. Right. It's not like what we would experience, because we're just lowly humans. <laughs> well, it's millionaire, billionaire Bruce Wayne, except uh, 
millionaire now, right? Now, didn't he start as a millionaire? <laughs> no, I don't know. Yeah, he was a millionaire in the comic books, but these days he has right. to be a billionaire yeah, exactly. because things have changed. Science has changed. <laughs> Actually, what's happened is financial world has changed. You know, being a millionaire was something in the 1940s, 50s, and 60s. But these right. days, you know, millionaire is commonplace. This up. person is an industrialist. Right. He has this humongous company with his board of directors and stockholders. Therefore, he's a billionaire, except in The Dark Knight Rises, where a lot of his fortune has been frittered away, maybe. Right. But that's right. not time travel. So no. <laughs> what I want to ask you as we get on with the show is what attracted you to the subject of time travel and the implications of time travel. But I want to say first say something about one of our regular listeners, somebody who has participated in our forums for a long time, and he wanted me to mention this because he's such a loyal listener, Captain Robert J. Watson Sr., father of Paracast Forums member Robert J. Watson Jr., better known as Vesvi Highfolk, died after a long and brave battle with cancer on August 3rd. Captain Watson served with honor and distinction. He had one tour in Vietnam. He was also posted at Fort Benning and Fort Hood and Fort Dix. So this person served his family with distinction, and his son says he will be missed, and he and his family are in mourning, as we all are, because this is somebody who served his country with distinction, Captain Robert J. Watson, Sr., father of our listener, Robert J. Watson, Jr. May he rest in peace. With Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. You know, neighbors, during the summer, it seems like almost everyone is on a different schedule. They have vacations, they have shorter days, and they work remotely. So meeting all your clients and colleagues in person can just be impossible. That's why I recommend go to meeting with HD Faces. It lets you meet face to face no matter where you are this summer. Here's how it works with GoToMeeting by Citrix. It just takes a webcam and a click to collaborate in a group HD video. You can even get an iPad app for it. How about that? Plus, GoToMeeting is so easy to use. You know, our listeners can try GoToMeeting free for 30 days. So don't wait for this special offer. Visit GoToMeeting.com, click the Try It Free button, use the promo code PODCAST. Use the promo code PODCAST at GoToMeeting.com to get a free trial for just 30 days, neighbors. And don't forget that special iPad app. We've all heard the phrase, don't judge a book by its cover. A wise saying for sure. Now apply that wisdom to nutrition. Don't judge milk by the animal. Camel Milk, the best-kept health secret ever. See for yourself at CamelMilkForSale.com and look for the Summer Camel Milk Special. Loaded with health benefits far superior to other milk, Camel Milk has antibacterial, antiviral, and anti-tumor properties, is rich in B vitamins, and is three times higher in vitamin C than cow's milk, ten times higher in iron. Plus, it contains 52 units of insulin-like proteins per liter, effectively lowering blood sugar levels. Many of our members testified that drinking Camel Milk reversed diabetes and greatly improved autism. Camel milk comes fresh or frozen from your trusted local family farm, shipped on dry ice to preserve freshness. Go to CamelMilkForSale.com now and look under products and pricing for the summer special with free bonus pints. That's CamelMilkForSale.com. 
If you owe the IRS back taxes, listen carefully. Sweeping changes to IRS policies will help more people than ever eliminate their tax debts once and for all. And now, thanks to Dan Pillow, you can get the tax help you need to end your tax nightmare. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I've helped thousands of people reduce or eliminate tax debts they couldn't pay. And after more than 30 years of experience dealing with the IRS, I can tell you there's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. With the IRS's new policies, it's easier than ever to put your tax debt behind you once and for all. Call now at 800-346-6829 to learn how I can help you. You know your IRS debt will not go away by itself, but you don't have to live in fear anymore. Call 800-346-6829. Learn how I can help you eliminate wage and bank levies, release tax liens, and negotiate a settlement with the IRS that will put your tax nightmare behind you forever. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. Or go to my website, TaxHelpOnline.com. That's TaxHelpOnline.com. Digestive health is the key to wellness and elimination of toxins. That bears repeating. Digestive health is the key to wellness and elimination of toxins. And Pro-EM-1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse is the key to digestive health. Pro-EM-1 is a powerful liquid probiotic, strong enough to cleanse, gentle enough to use every day. Pro-EM-1 is dairy, wheat, and soy-free, contains all natural and certified organic ingredients, contains no preservatives or animal products, supports a healthy digestive and immune system, supports weight loss, improves absorption of food nutrients, aids in controlling yeast infections, is never freeze-dried, and uses three groups of live, viable, beneficial microbes to cleanse and remove toxins. Order Pro-EM-1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse at Terraganics.com. Spelled T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com. Terraganics.com. Or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Pro-EM-1, the raw probiotic. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. With Gene and Chris, we continue our excursion back through time or into the future with Marie Jones, who with Larry Flaxman wrote a book called This Book is from the Future. But not literally, it's about the future. I guess, but of course, this book wasn't written in the future, was it? I wish. <laughs> By someone else. And I could just soak up the glory and the royalties. But no, it was written in the present, or actually in the past. And it was a, a tough It was book. written in the past, but it was available in the present. Absolutely. See how we cover all different timelines there? I'm telling you. It is wacky and wild. What attracted <laughs> you to time travel? Well, Larry and I have always been interested in it. But the funny thing is, and this has happened a couple of times with, with Larry and I when we've been trying to think of, okay, what do we want to write about next? Is that our publisher, New Page Books, Michael Pye, will come up with a great idea for us. So a while back, he asked us if we were interested in doing a book on time travel. And at the time, they were looking for a real scientific, sort of deep physics kind of book. And we just felt like, you know, that's not what we do. We're, we're not PhDs. We, so we're, over time, we sort of morphed the book into something that we feel is very accessible to the average reader. You don't have to have an education in, in theoretical physics to understand the book, because trust us, we don't. Uh, and we also wanted to include some other aspects. We wanted to talk about time itself. We wanted to look at some of the spookier, more quote-unquote paranormal ways that we might be manipulating and altering time and time travel conspiracies. So really what it ended up being is an opportunity for us to write about time travel, 
but in a way that hadn't really been done before. We really wanted it to be sort of all-encompassing. A quick question. Time travel conspiracies, how so? Well, there are, let's see, everything from people involved with the Roswell UFO crash in 1947 that claim that they saw the wreckage and the, the entities that were supposedly recovered and suggest that they were from the future, that they were time travelers from the future. Yes, but why would we think if you see entities or creatures around a supposed crash spaceship, why would they be from the future? One of the theories is that, you know, everybody always says this, and I'm not sure I buy into it. One of the theories is that they come back because they want to warn us about what we're doing to the planet and what have you. But a particular theory that we write about a little bit in the book is that they're just really coming from the future. They've mastered the landscape of time. In other words, we humans are very limited to living with time in a linear fashion. But advanced civilizations may have mastered the concept of traveling through time. So they're basically coming from the future to look at us, to observe us. Maybe the way that we go to a museum and we look at dinosaur displays and, you know, we go into the Amazon jungle to observe tribes that have been living the same way for thousands of years, what have you. So it could be just a very observational, educational thing for them. But at the same time, there is a lot of belief that they want to alter our disastrous land. Okay, but let's remember that movie, Back to the Future, where the presence of people in the past doing strange things or playing around may manipulate the future. Suddenly his parents in the present (laughs) become very different from his parents in his life before he went into the past and did a couple of things to make his father more brave in the face (laughs) of danger. So that is the legendary paradox in time travel. If you go back through time and even something as insignificant as killing an insect in prehistoric times may change the future in drastic ways. Exactly. And that's one of the problems is do we have the right? Is it ethical? Is it moral? To go back into the past, and even if you change one tiny thing in your own life, thinking, well, who's it going to hurt? Through the butterfly effect or through the chain of cause and effect, you actually end up influencing and affecting so many people around you. So you're not only altering your past and present and future, but you're altering theirs. And where do we draw the line? Where is the line drawn if there is one? Possibly the reason why these paradoxes exist is to keep us from going back in the past and messing up our present and future. Okay, well, of course, there are other possibilities, too, one of which is everything is preordained, the past, present, and the future. And what we do in the past, if we go back to the past, well, that was already part of the reality and the fabric of reality that exists. And therefore, you can't change reality or the change in reality is part of what was meant to happen anyway. Exactly. It's like a done deal. And no matter what you do, it's still a done deal. (laughs) It's part of that done deal. Or the other one being that you create a new reality, a parallel dimension, Mm -hmm. and that new dimension reflects the changes that you've made. Right, right. Right. You would go back and, you know, for example, the grandfather paradox where it says if you were to go back and shoot your grandfather, you would not have ever been born. You wouldn't be able to exist in order to go back and shoot your grandfather like a loop. 
But you could go back and shoot anybody you want. And if an alternate timeline or an alternate universe is created out of that particular choice, then in one timeline you don't exist and in one you do. And it can just go on and on and on. And that's the multiverse theory, the idea that anytime a choice or an action is made, there is a universe that breaks off that accommodates every other choice and every other potential action. But that's all theoretical, and it's a, a nifty excuse or way around the paradoxes that seem to keep us from going back in time, at least on a philosophical level. Of course, as a practical level, we don't know exactly. if it's happened or could happen or has happened in the past. <laughs> you know? Right. So if we look at the fact that in the future something goes wrong with our civilization, so we try to rebuild our society, we have... For example, that TV show Terra Nova, right? where they go back into prehistoric times, try to reestablish civilization there, and make the changes that are necessary to save the people of the future. But of course, they never get into the paradox, and they didn't get very far either because it lasted one season. I know. <laughs> to give another example, there is, of course, science fiction stories about traveling into the future, so the paradox isn't there. For right. example, I wrote a series of novels with my son Grayson called Attack of the Rockoids. And the Rockoids legend starts with a time travel situation where an earthling breaks into Area 51. Are you with me so far? This is in the introductory <laughs> chapters. You can go read the sample chapter and get the sense of this. And then for reasons that we sort of explain or not explain, he is transported way into the future where he has to save the galaxy. You know, space opera, a lot of fun. Fun story. The point is that we didn't try to look at the past and changing the past. We looked at the person from the past going into the future so the paradox doesn't exist. True. True. That helps. <laughs> the problem is, though, I mean, I still kind of think, well, if you go into the future and, and say everything is predestined, predetermined, there is a, a uh, plan, a blueprint. If you go into the future and see something that you don't like and change it, or try to change it, you're still altering that blueprint. You're still altering that plan. You're just going off in the other direction and altering it. So somehow, say you go into the future and you stop World War V from happening, but you have to sort of look back on the chain of cause and effect that led up to it. So wouldn't all of that change as well, meaning that it would change the present, then also go back into the past and change everything that would have led up to that decision to launch World War V? We'll talk about World War V, the consequences of time travel, time travel from the past to the future and back again with Marie Jones, one of the authors of This Book is From the Future. With Gene and Chris, you're in The Paracast. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. If you want to get your website online and you need reliable service, first-class service at the lowest possible price, there's only one place to go. Well, DreamHost has a special promotion with our show where they'll offer you unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click web apps such as WordPress, 24-7 support. You can save over $55. You want to know how? Go to DreamHost.com radio, DreamHost.com radio. Fake. 
magazine provides true reports of the strange and unknown. Keep up with the latest on angels and miracles, psychic phenomena, ghosts, UFOs, life after death, and much, much more. To receive your free issue of Fate magazine, call now at 1-800-728-2730 or visit their website at www.fatemag.com. That's 1-800-728-2730. What are you waiting for? Your fate awaits. America, land of the free. But how free can you be, really, when Internet viruses and malware can attack your computer? Sure, you have antivirus protection, but it's not free, is it? Until now. Now, Zone Alarm offers free antivirus protection. And independent studies show that Zone Alarm provides better malware protection than even Norton and McAfee. And they're not free, are they? Declare your freedom and go to GetBetterForFree.com. That's GetBetterForFree.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. What do you do when your propane runs out and you don't have a large amount of wood for cooking? That's when you need a Grover Rocket Stove from StockStorage.com. The Grover Rocket Stove starts easily with any combustible material like junk mail, small twigs, leaves, weeds, or dry sagebrush. Then just add a small amount of kindling wood and you'll be cooking entire meals in minutes. Grover Rocket Stoves are made right here in the USA and are built to last a lifetime using heavy-duty thick-gauge steel and are painted with high-temp paint to withstand heat. Go to StockStorage.com and see three great Grover Rocket Stoves, stainless steel, heavy-duty, or our original Grover Rocket Stove for only $135 and get free shipping to the lower 48. For phone orders, call 801-361-6984 or go to StockStorage.com. That's 801-361-6984 or StockStorage.com. The original Grover Rocket Stove Minimal Wood Use Cooking Stoves, available exclusively from StockStorage.com. Alex Jones here with a great way to beat the blackouts, get off the grid, and generate your own supply of electrical power. Folks, with what's been going on in this country, I don't have to tell you about the power grid and just how vulnerable it is. That's in the mainstream news every day. Millions of people have lost their power in the last few weeks because of dangerous storms and killer heat that's pushing the grid beyond its capacity. I've always said that every family needs to be ready for blackouts. And if you don't have a backup system in place, I've got a great opportunity for you. Right now, our good friends at Solutions from Science are offering huge savings on their best-selling Power Hub unit. In fact, I think it's the best deal I've ever seen them make. It's literally thousands of dollars in savings. Remember, these backup systems don't need gas because they're solar-powered. That means there's no dangerous fumes and no noise. InfoWars listeners can get all the details at BeatTheBlackouts.com. That's BeatTheBlackouts.com. Hi, this is Don Ecker, and you are tuned into the Paracast. Let me tell you what, you're going to hear stuff here that you probably won't hear anywhere else. Hear that, George Snorri? With Gene and Chris, you're back at the Paracast. We're talking to Marie Jones, who, with Larry Flaxman, wrote a book called This Book is from the Future, exploring portals, relativity, wormholes, and other adventures in time travel. 
Now, speaking of time travel or anything else, we have a phenomenon in the UFO field called missing time. Oh, yes. Where you have situations where somebody is taking a trip, say a two-hour trip, and suddenly it's two hours later, or they've made that two-hour progress in a shorter amount of time. Right. What's going on here? I actually had that happen. I had a couple Excuse me? Tell me more. Uh, Yeah, I was uh, living in L.A. at the time. This was quite a while ago. I was going to go. I was a member of the Planetary Society, and Carl Sagan was speaking at their annual conference. He was like the big keynote speaker, and I had gotten tickets because I was a member, and I was so excited. And it was a real frustrating evening trying to get out the door and get there. And I wrote about this in a couple of books where Larry and I wrote about our missing time experiences that we've each had. But anyway, I was on the 134 East, and I... Explain where we're talking about, geographically speaking. It's in the valley of Los Angeles, uh, going from Burbank into Glendale. The event was in Pasadena at the JPL. And you didn't see the little old lady from Pasadena. Oh, she's everywhere. She's usually surfing at the beach, so... (laughs) But yeah, there's a lot of little cute little old ladies in Pasadena. Um, but anyway, I was on the freeway and it should have taken me, oh gosh, maybe 40, 45 minutes to get there. And I ended up just losing two hours of time. When I came to, I was still driving my car, but I was on a completely different freeway heading north towards Sacramento. Panicked, of course, just went into a complete panic and I was married at the time, and that's when we had those big chunky cell phones in the West. Could kill yes, I remember the chunky cell phones. Okay, so you had the big cell phone. What did you do? Pulled off the freeway. When you had those big cell phones, there's no way you could call and, and drive at the same time. Called my ex-husband, and I said, you know, oh, my God, I don't know where the hell I am. What happened? It was two hours later. I'd completely missed Carl Sagan. And he just calmed me down and and just said, get back on the freeway going south. And then, you know, I was able to find my way back home. I lived in North Hollywood at the time, I should say. You know, two hours was gone. It was just black. It was nothing. And I have never felt like anything happened during that time. I never had any desire to find out what happened. All I cared about was the fact that I was still able to drive my car on the L.A. freeways and not kill anybody. But strangely enough, all these years later, in fact, last year, I was doing a a radio interview with a woman named Starfire Tour, who told me that that is a notorious section of the freeway in L.A. for alien abductions and missing time. And I just cracked up. I was like, "I, I don't think that's what happened. But, you know, she kind of put the seed in my head. But it was really scary. I mean, I... I felt like I blacked out. I had not been drinking. I didn't drink. Came two hours later in a completely different location and yet somehow stayed on autopilot and was able to function on, you know, dr- continuing to drive my car. But I hear these experiences of missing time, people driving into a weird fog and coming 500 miles up the road 10 hours later and just, you know, what happened? I thought maybe 10 minutes passed. And I kind of relate it to when I'm writing, I'm really, really involved in writing, I will think that maybe a half hour passed. And if I look up at the clock, three hours has gone by. So I don't know if it's a perception thing or something much deeper and more intriguing going. Okay, now with this kind of missing time or getting lost in the wrong place, you had no remembrances or dreams about something weird? Nothing. So it wasn't like this traditional abductee experience where you have nightmares about aliens and stuff like that. I had 
always, since childhood, dreamed of aliens and, and UFOs and things. But I was always interested. I never looked at it as, oh, I wonder if something happened. And there really, afterwards, I had no markings on my body. I didn't go into any weird anxiety attacks. I just, and I was a, a member of MUFON at the time, Mutual UFO Network. So I was immersed in all of that. And I'm telling you, the thought didn't even cross my mind. I was just so fascinated. Once the panic went away, I was fascinated by the human body's ability to operate on, on autopilot. Even in a situation where consciously you're just not there. But no, I never had any inkling that something really bizarre or creepy happened. Who knows? Well, I know one of our former co-hosts was on the show one time to report where he drove from Boston to New York City with a friend. And the trip took half as much as it should have taken. So a trip that would have taken maybe four hours or so took less than two hours. So in that case... It wasn't missing time. It was gained time. Right. Like they accelerated. Do we have instances of that? Absolutely. We've got instances of people losing time, missing time, time speeding up, people that feel like they entered a warp. They go to a, a certain location. They go to a museum or what have you, a park, and all of a sudden they feel like they're surrounded by people that are dressed in 18th century clothing and it's not a you know any kind of fair or festival it's almost like they entered a a different timeline through a parallel dimension or what have you so so many different time anomaly experiences that are reported and that's what i like to call them because like you said in some cases people are losing time in some cases they're gaining they're traveling much faster than they really possibly ever could have uh, it's it just time itself is such an anomaly. Now, of course, the skeptics will say, you know what, they're making it up, they're suffering from some sort of psychological problem. Yeah. So how do we prove to an, a third party that you had a case of missing time or gained or advanced time? You can't. <laughs> I, mean, I don't think you can until they have an experience and then they'll be a believer. But, you know, unfortunately, these are subjective personal experiences. And I don't know that there's a way to prove them unless somebody figures out what parts of the brain are involved and, and can put you in a lab laboratory setting and hook you up to electrodes and stimulate. And I know they do this with deja vu. They've actually done this with deja vu where they can stimulate deja vu. In a, in a clinical setting. So you think you've been there already, but that's done artificially. Right. Well, no, not necessarily, because when you're out walking around and you have deja vu, nobody's triggering it. You know, there's some sort of external trigger, but it's environmental. So I, I think the only way you could prove somebody had missing time is to have someone get all hooked up in a lab with a bunch of scientists surrounding them and have them somehow miss time. But that's, see, that's still not going to answer the question of why it happens organically when you're just out and about. Why did it happen to me just driving one night to go see Carl Sagan? You know, why did it happen to Joe when he was going to the grocery store or Sally when, you know, she was going out on a date? She drove into a fog and three hours later she was a thousand miles up the road. You know, that's happening organically. And we, we, we need to know what those both external and internal triggers. Because I think human physiology may also have something to do with it. These things don't happen to everybody. Is there a reason for that? Well, the other question is here is being the right place at the wrong time or something. Do things like this happen in specific locations around the world more often 
than anywhere else? Seems like England is just a hotbed. <laughs> I love reading Jenny Randall's books and all the, the research she does, but it just makes it sound like the British Isles are, I, you know, I don't know. I think a lot of people will tell you that in terms of paranormal activity, like hauntings and missing time and whatnot, that there are zones of high strangeness, um, areas that seem to be more haunted where the veil between realities is thinner. You hear all kinds of phrases like this thrown around. And I think that's entirely possible. My belief is that uh, all over this planet, there are probably locations where the environment is a little bit different. Maybe uh, the EM field is a little weaker or stronger, or there's uh, seismic activity that goes on, or there's underground water sources, what have you. I mean, I think all of the different environmental factors have to be looked at when it comes to these hot spots. But you will hear people say, oh, absolutely. You go to Sedona, and this, this, this will happen. Okay, we'll go into Sedona and lots more strange things going on in time and space or whatever. With Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast Jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special. And multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. That's the sound of your door being kicked in by an intruder with a single kick. That's the sound of the same door now protected by the Door Sentinel at MySafeDoor.com. Go to MySafeDoor.com right now and watch the amazing video. At MySafeDoor.com, you'll learn how to turn your home into a fortress with the Door Sentinel. 16 kicks later, and the Door Sentinel is still holding strong. MySafeDoor.com. That's MySafeDoor.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. 
every day. Nearly 3,000 families enter into foreclosure and face losing their home. If you're currently behind on your mortgage, you can still avoid foreclosure. You can save your home, but you need to act now. We're Allied State Foreclosure Services. We're experts in saving homes from foreclosure. With just one phone call to us, you can stop the foreclosure process, lower your monthly mortgage payments, and save your home. Call now. The call is free with no obligation. 1-800-597-8843. Call us if you've been threatened with foreclosure, denied loan modification, or missed a payment on your mortgage. If you've been a victim of a predatory loan or are upside down on your mortgage, even if you've lost your job and you're worried about losing your home, don't wait. Call us now and let us help you save your home. You've worked hard to build a life with your family. Let us help you keep your home. Call now before it's too late. 1-800-597-8843. 1-800-597-8843. 1-800-597-8843. The summer specials are on at HHA, Herbal Healer Academy. Current customers know this is the time to save big at HerbalHealer.com. And you customers, welcome to the web's best place to save on vitamins, minerals, and more. Right now, Herbal Healer's summer specials include our 500 parts per million colloidal silver, all sizes on sale, liquid CalMag vitamin D and organic iodine, CoQ10 with Hawthorne, Colon Enhancer, Super 2, Natural Laxative, our exceptional product Tonixin, Memory Power, and Super Male and Vemplex, all on sale for summer at HerbalHealer.com. Also get 10% off on the Herbal Healer Academy Survival Course. Information that might save your life. Enjoy same-day shipping and free online newsletter. Log on to our nation's leader in supplying quality natural medicine and education since 1988. Herbal Healer Academy at HerbalHealer.com. This is Jacques Vallée, and you're listening to the podcast, The Gold Standard of Paranormal Radio. Marie Jones joins the Paracast with Jean and Chris. Her book, this book, is from the future, co-authored with Larry Flaxman. Since Larry's been on the show before, tell our listeners a little bit about Larry and how you guys teamed up. Larry Flaxman is my co-author on five Books and hopefully more to come. He is a paranormal investigator. He's got a very large group called RPAS, the Arkansas Paranormal and Anomalous Studies team. He is he works full time in law enforcement. Really great guy. How we met because I had never considered writing with a partner before is that he read my book Science, which is P S I E N C E Science, which is about quantum physics and the paranormal. Many years ago, that was my first big book that came out. And I had gotten tons and tons of emails from people and his, he just, we just started emailing back and forth about some of the ideas and concepts in the book and just sort of built a friendship and then an alliance and decided, you know, maybe let's try writing together. He's got the ability to go out in the field and look at more objectively some of the theories and ideas and concepts that we come come up with that are a little more subjective. So it was like a really great idea to form this team. So uh, the first book we wrote was called 1111, The Time Prompt Phenomenon, and it was all about signs and sequences and number synchronicities, and and it was a huge success. So we just kind of kept going. And here you are. Here we are. In putting this book together, what was your starting point? What was your guidepost in coming up with this concept? 
for the time travel book, we knew that we needed to present a little bit of everything or people would say, how come you didn't write about this? So, you know, we wanted to start. In any case, looking at this book here, Marie, in putting this together, did it ever dawn on you that maybe there can be no time travel? Maybe there can be no time anomalies, that all this stuff just can't be. It's just not possible. Absolutely. <laughs> Stephen Hawking said, if there were time travelers from the future, well, where are they? You know, why aren't they mingling about? Sure. Everything that I do and everything that Larry and I do, we like to say, we're putting the ideas out there. What if? Let's look at all of the current research. Let's look at all the current theories and present it. Whether or not we see time travel in my lifetime, I have no clue. It doesn't look like we're going to be able to master the technology by then. But certainly the theories are, are coming quick, and a lot of them seem very solid. If we could just master the science. And, you know, theories always come first, and then the science catches up to it. Let me ask you, what about in the laboratory? Have they succeeded in taking, like, a tiny particle of energy, perhaps, and making it go into the future slightly, ever so slightly? They have done that in the past and the future. They've also shown that with photons, which are light particles, uh, that you can actually conduct an experiment and then go back later and change the outcome of the experiment. It's almost like you're going back and changing the past behavior of that photon. Oh, I'd love to do that so much. I can think of all the things I've done. And I've lived about three or 400 years at least, or it feels that way. And I think all the pivotal things I've done in my life, which were big screw-ups, right? and if I could go back and change them, but then I have to think what happened afterwards, you know. The paradoxes come up and, again, because yeah. whose other futures are you messing with when you change yours? You know, if it's just one little light particle, it's okay. And everything always seems to start on the quantum level first. We, we say, oh, we can send a, a photon into the future. We can send one into the past. We can even alter past behavior. But does that mean that we can extrapolate that same information on a bigger scale? And that's, of course, what people are hoping to do. There's a lot of uh, experiments going on out at the Large Hadron Collider at CERN where they're hoping to find evidence of parallel universes and, and black holes and maybe even wormholes because all of this stuff starts theoretically and then we hope that maybe factually it will become true. But again, I mean, if we could do this stuff with particles, it still doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work for us on the human scale. There's We're so much more complex. There's so much more to think about and Really, for Larry and I writing the book, what we really got out of this was, again, the ethical and moral implications of messing with time. It's a, it's a big thing. People don't think about it. Well, of course, they have that movie, Time Cop, and they have a short-lived TV series about it, where you have this organization in the future that goes back in time to undo the things that people who meddle with time travel create. <laughs> See? You gotta have whole new police departments just to to deal with it. Yeah, and Maria, I was a little bummed. Uh, in all your lists of uh, songs and TV shows and movies, one of my favorite shows as a kid was uh, the Time Tunnel. Remember that one? I don't remember Time Tunnel. Yeah, it was it was on what a couple of seasons, I think, in '65, maybe '64. Uh, was it Bobby Darren was in it? I think. Oh, how funny! Are you? Serious? Or not Bobby Darren? It was uh, James Darren. James, James Darren. It was produced by Irwin Allen. 
who did Lost in Space. Oh, man. We right? Missed- and we can look at the actors here. James Darren, Robert Colbert, Whit Bissell, you probably have heard of. Lee Merriweather, who also appeared in the Batman TV series. Wasn't she one of the people who played Catwoman? Yeah. I think so, yeah. She was gorgeous. But, you know, the funny she, thing and, is... Yeah, she's still around. Yeah. She's right now 76 years old. Wow. And she's still doing it. Still. Amazing. Still- I'm looking over her past here. <laughs> she appeared in Dragnet, Route 66, Jack Benny, The Man from Uncle, believe ah, it or not. Oh, I loved that show. Perry Mason, The Fugitive, and of course, Batman as Catwoman. Yeah. Eartha Kitt. She know. was a good one. <laughs> but yeah. The problem you always wonder is why they had so many people playing Catwoman. Yeah, just, you know, to mix things up a bit. <laughs> But anyway, the Time Tunnel, I guess it was an okay TV series. didn't last very long. You know, it's funny. We originally had a big appendix with the book that listed every, oh my gosh, every TV show, movie, book, short story we could think of. And the publisher was like, oh, you're, you've gone way over word count here, so cut it down. So we ended up taking out the appendix. And yeah, I'm sure our lists are, are very lacking and, and being complete. We'll have a few people that will email and say, why didn't you mention this? How could you? It's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> we'll mention that in part two. But it, it just, Is there going to be a part two? I Not until there's a whole lot more going on. I mean, we really try to come right up to the wire. And even in the editing process, we had to make some alterations because things kept happening that sort of voided some of the things that we wrote about. Right. There's stuff from uh, spring of 2012, even uh, late yeah. spring. And, and, you know, at some point you just you have to turn the book in and then anything that happens after that. What will happen is if um, over the next year or two there's enough new information, new research, which I hope there is, we might be asked to do a revised version. And that just shows you how quickly uh, – and that's the problem with writing any book. The minute you turn it in that same day, the day after, the day after there are research stories coming out. Oh, darn, why didn't we include that? We wrote about the neutrino experiments and how, oh, they they breached light speed with these neutrinos. And then right when we turned the book in, you know, they found out that there were these glitches with the cables and the GPS and and it was a a big bust. So we had to include that in editing. But really, it's impossible to keep keep up with the research that's going on. Well, it's almost like these computer books, you know, how to use a new version of Mac OS or Windows, and the shelf life of the book is very short because there's always going to be a new operating system or update that renders it obsolete. If you look at the fact that I've probably written over 30 books, but most of them are completely obsolete for all sorts of reasons. How does it feel to be obsolete, ladies and gentlemen? I can't tell you. At the introduction to the book, you talk about iPhone applications, iPhone apps that may have some time travel relationship. Explain one. Oh, my gosh. And I'm sure there's a whole bunch now. Oh, yeah, there was a time traveler's guide to Bristol in the United Kingdom. And it's just, you know, they're archived images that show how the city of Bristol has changed over time. And it's just a fun way to look at time travel. Of course, you're not actually doing it, but. I'm sure there's going to be – I should ask my son. He probably knows about 80 of them, and he probably downloaded all of them onto his iPhone. 
Uh, it, we're just fascinated by the idea of looking back into the past. And here's another thing that Larry and I found. When we talk about time travel, this really surprised me. People are more fascinated by going into the past, even though it's already been, re- been lived, been done, been there, done that, than they are in the future. Is it now, because we have so many regrets or the hope that yeah. even though we did something well, we could have done it better? Differently. I mean, we go back to the thing I was mentioning before about pivotal parts of your life where one second, one act can change everything that comes after. And I can think of one instance where I got into a fight with the manager of a radio station I was working at back in the 1970s. And I'll let you know what that turned out to be and what it turned out to accomplish. With Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Let's keep preparedness simple. Do you need stuff for disasters? Of course you do. For over 15 years, DisasterStuff.com has, well, stuff for disasters. See? Easy to remember. DisasterStuff.com. Want free shipping on a new Berkey water filter? DisasterStuff.com is the official Berkey in-stock shipping center. Lots of folks want an EMP Faraday bag to protect sensitive electronics during a solar or nuclear event. Now for a limited time, all survival gear purchases over $75 include a free 8 by 8 inch EMP Faraday bag. Just enter promo code EMP bag when you check out at disasterstuff.com. We're also a country living grain mill authorized dealer. Plus, we offer freeze dried foods by Alpine Air and Wise Foods. We also carry emergency kits, survival seeds, and much more. Preparedness should be simple, and it is. Just remember disasterstuff.com. Freedom through self reliance and personal responsibility. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. With Gene and Chris on the Paracast, we have Marie Jones. The book she wrote with Larry Flaxman, this book, is from the future, from New Page Books, which, of course, there's a lot of books about the paranormal and the frontiers of science. I was talking about this pivotal act. 1970s, I get into a fight with the manager of the radio station I was working at, and he says, you know what, why don't you just leave? 
<laughs> and my now understand in broadcasting, I don't think anybody has spent time in radio without being fired at least once, and more than once. Even right. the most famous people, Howard Stern, well, sure. will tell you to this day that although he's making what two to four hundred million dollars a year or some amazing amount of money, early on in his career, you know, he tried to do something that was different, and guess what? He got fired for it, or maybe he had a bad attitude. I worked at another radio station in the Deep South where everything was going okay until this is the Deep South in the late 60s. And they give me a spot to read about a meeting involving the KKK. Oh, no. <laughs> so I told the station manager after this, you know, I'd rather not do that. I'd rather not read ads from that again. And he said, fine, goodbye. Huh. Goodbye and good luck. Pivotal events. Uh -huh. Chris, you want to pick up the questions? I was really uh, very, very impressed with the amount of science uh, that uh, you and Larry were able to not only address and cover in the book, but put it in such a way that I think the average reader uh, will be able to understand it. And it was very fascinating for me to see the progression of thinking all the way right. through from the 1880s, 1890s uh, to the present. One of the things that's always um, fascinated me are as we were discussing earlier, is the time paradoxes and how, yes. and I love the way that you guys broke that down to show, even though a couple, three of them are, are really similar. Um, I it, think it, all the same. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they all kind of uh, are talking about the same thing, which is, which is uh, the irrevocable change in the past. But, but my question is, uh, you know, with the whole idea of membrane theory and, um, and the quantum universe and the multiverse, if you will, where are we going in terms of scientific understanding with uh, the whole aspect of dimensions and the, the whole multiverse, you know, context, if you will? I think that that is probably the primary directive behind, uh, well, certainly any research into time travel. Because of those paradoxes, because of the light speed limitations within the known laws of our universe, obviously the next thing to look at would be, well, how do you get around all that? The pet theory, of course, is the idea of the multiverse or parallel universes. That if in this particular universe, the laws of physics do not allow for this, that, and the other thing, that doesn't mean they don't in parallel universe B, C, D, E, F, all, you know, ad infinitum. In non-time travel research, it is still probably, again, one of the biggest areas of theoretical physics because we want to understand so much about what's, what's going on out in the deeper parts of the universe. We want to know, is the black hole at the middle of our Milky Way? If so, does it lead anywhere? Uh, we want to know if there are other black holes. We want to know if there's any proof that this universe lies smack alongside three or four others. So I think it's just really all about wanting to know, just like with UFO research, the, the foundation of UFO research is really we want to know if we're alone or not. And I think with all of this theoretical physics and the theories of parallel universes, multiverse, alternate dimensions, we want to know if our universe is alone or not. So I think they really parallel each other. And as, as you, you do a, a breakdown, which I found very fascinating, uh, which was uh, the Max Tagmark kind of multiverse theory and the way that he broke it into four different levels. My favorite chapter, I must say, <laughs> was chapter seven. And, I, and, and by the way, I want to 
kind of reiterate. I love the way that you titled all your chapters after song names. I, I thought that was quite <laughs> that was quite clever. But Time is on My Side, very good uh, right. song by Keith Richards and uh, Mick Jagger. Uh, has quite a number of very interesting characters in there and yeah. some recent kind of controversies involving potential time travelers. Would, would you uh, want to possibly talk about some of these? Uh, sure. There's, this- there's, there's some good ones. Yeah, this is our time travel conspiracy chapter. And we were really excited that we were able to do this. And I think one of the things that make Larry and I fortunate as writers is that, again, we didn't want to write a book that was pure science, that bored the people out to tears because, or that they didn't understand because we wouldn't have understood it. We wanted to be able to really look at time and time travel in every aspect we could. And what was really fun is to find out that there, because I, I mean, I was aware of a lot of this already, but not to the extent that there are so many different urban legends and, and urban myths and individuals who have claimed to be time travelers. And one of the most famous ones was the Charlie Chaplin film, The Circus, which was shot in 1928. It was a silent film. And I guess there was, I don't know who noticed it, but somebody noticed an old woman in one of the shots. And she seemed to be holding up a device to her ear. And she's just walking by and there's a picture of it in the book. It's a very famous picture all over the internet. And so, obviously, because, you know, Occam's razor, the most simplest explanation, she's a time traveler. I I mean, honestly, I don't know where that came from. But apparently, a lot of people believe that she was holding a cell phone. And, well, cell phones weren't invented in 1928, were they? So you have this huge, huge urban legend that was created around this. And, of course, later people started saying, well, you know what, there, there were hearing aid devices at the time that easily look like that's what she could have been holding. And there are other pictures that are famous. There's one from a 1948 opening of the South Forks Bridge in uh, British Columbia where a guy is shown in a picture, totally dressed as if he were modern, like from today with, you know, modern sunglasses, T-shirt, and he's standing amidst all these other people that are straight out of the 1940s. And, oh, my God, he must have been a time traveler. And, of course, somebody came along and said, no, 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 we found evidence that there were sunglasses like this in the 1940s and clothing like this. Get a lot of those. But the most fascinating to us was John Teeter. He made a number of predictions and on the Internet, most of which have nowhere near come true. We talked to Art Bell from Coast to Coast for a couple of times, did radio interviews. And, oh, he claimed also to have built a time machine a gentleman who showed up on the internet in early 2001 had a website and just started posting that he was a time traveler from the year 2036, that he was on his way home after retrieving an archaic IBM 5100 computer system from 1975 that he was going to take back home to the future with him. He claimed he had a time machine that, uh, it was a temporal, um, stationary mass temporal displacement unit that he kept in the back of a 1967 Chevy Corvette convertible. Oh, my gosh. And he made all kinds of prophecies about World War Three and this, that, and the other thing that none of which came true. And he, he talked to Art Bell, did some coast-to-coast shows. A lot of people engaged in online conversations with him. And then he just sort of vanished And there have been a number of people who have tried to pin down exactly who he was. Nobody knows for sure yet. Just shows goes to show you, though, how you can have an individual come forth and make any kind of claims they want to. And if they sound scientific enough, it just goes viral. I mean, that's one of the problems with the Internet. 
But the most current and I think the most fascinating is, and I say current. Oh, boy. I just, I know where you're going with this, um, Mr. Basaggio. <laughs> okay, so yeah, one of the most current time travel conspiracies that we wrote about actually linked to a past event, the Philadelphia Experiment, which I think everybody knows about, unless you've been living under a rock uh, in the 1940s, this alleged experiment occurred with the USS Eldridge, whereby it was rendered invisible, and it's just gone on to urban legend history, although it's never been proven. But anyway, so out of this came uh, what's called the Montauk Project. And there are several individuals now today in the present who are coming forward and have been coming forward for, for a number of years, saying that they were involved with this time travel research that was going on at the Montauk location in New York. Okay, here we go with the Philadelphia Experiment, I think, is what we're talking about. And let's talk about it more in a moment. Let's just say that the Philadelphia Experiment has formed the basis of several science fiction movies. One, as a matter of fact, that was presented, well, a few weeks ago on the Sci-Fi Channel. Not a terribly good one. With Gene and Chris, we have Marie Jones. You're in the Paracast. Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack Attack of the Rockoids. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes... The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans a galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack, Attack of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack, Attack of the Rockoids, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. My name is Leslie, and I've had depression since I was a child. After being on Prozac for 20 years, I got onto the One World Way, and my need for Prozac was reduced by 50% within a few months. Now, after less than one year, I am completely off of Prozac. I learned that mercury is a toxin that causes brain damage and depression. By taking One World Way, I know that I've detoxified my brain of mercury and excess glutamate, and I'm now functioning with this dramatic improvement in my mood. The power to change your life lies, in part, in the power you have to change your body's chemistry. Through diet and supplementation, you have the power to change your body's chemistry to support dramatic improvements in health and happiness. Nature has been, and always will be, mankind's first and only pharmacy to choose from. Change your chemistry and change your life with the One World Way. Call 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325. Or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's OneWorld, W-H-E-Y.com. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light 
system today, complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231, and the Berkey Guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey light, the Berkey Guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey Guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653. Or order online at GoBerkey.com. That's GoBerkey.com today. Alex Jones here with a great way to beat the blackouts, get off the grid, and generate your own supply of electrical power. Folks, with what's been going on in this country, I don't have to tell you about the power grid and just how vulnerable it is. That's in the mainstream news every day. Millions of people have lost their power in the last few weeks because of dangerous storms and killer heat that's pushing the grid beyond its capacity. I've always said that every family needs to be ready for blackouts. And if you don't have a backup system in place, I've got a great opportunity for you. Right now, our good friends at Solutions from Science are offering huge savings on their best-selling Power Hub unit. In fact, I think it's the best deal I've ever seen them make. It's literally thousands of dollars in savings. Remember, these backup systems don't need gas because they're solar-powered. That means there's no dangerous fumes and no noise. InfoWars listeners can get all the details at BeatTheBlackouts.com. That's BeatTheBlackouts.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Marie Jones joining Jean Chris. She's co-author of the book. This book is from the future. We're talking about Montauk, and that always relates to the Philadelphia Experiment. The oh, stuff of legend, the stuff of science fiction. Right. And Carlos Allende. Yes. Uh, all these names, Blalick. But what's really cool, though, is are these, these people. There's a number of gentlemen, Andy Perro, uh, John Burich, uh, Andrew Bashago, and a number of others who are coming forward or have been coming forward using uh, events that they speak at, radio, um, the Internet, YouTube videos, where they're talking about time travel research that occurred back in the 70s under the, the supervision of DARPA. Got to bring the, the government in there, you know, the conspiracy. And DARPA is the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, for anybody who wondered what DARPA stood for. Well, apparently, some of these gentlemen as children were brought into this project and trained and utilized in time travel experiments. And they used what's called a time travel chair, it involved going through a wormhole. We've talked about those before. And there's all kinds of science that's been discuss- discussed uh, in terms of how this chair operated. It sort of dropped into a wormhole that took these child chrononauts, as they were called, into the past or the future to whatever, retrieve information, whatever the goal of the particular experiment was. Uh, one gentleman, Andy Perro, was sent back to World War II and there are different projects that have been involved, a number of them, that have come out of this Montauk chair myth, I guess. I mean, I don't want to say it actually happened. I also don't want to say it didn't because I don't know. But I'll tell you one thing, of course, that bothers me is the fact that we have all these characters who over the years turned up on Art Bell's radio show. We have someone who claims to have been involved in time travel. As a matter of fact, one person came on there and claimed it was Jim Morrison from The Doors, who died at the age of 27, only he faked his death. Right, right. 
Right. So we have people who can get on the radio, which I guess is cool. Yeah. But it doesn't uh, mean they have the truth in their hands. Exactly. One, one individual, and I called him John by mistake, it was Dan Burrish. Now, he claimed that he worked for a very ultra-top-secret program that was out at Area 51, the notorious Area 51 Groom Lake top-secret facility in Nevada. And his project was called Project Looking Glass, and it involved stargates, man-made devices. They acted sort of as portals to take you into another timeline or dimension. And what I find so fascinating about that is, you know, we've got this TV show that's been on forever, Stargate. And, and again, the links between fact and fiction and where, where does the line blur from one end to the other? Now, to be precise, the movie Stargate from the 1990s, which spawned several TV series, three right. of them as a matter of fact, it talked about this large object mm-hmm. that's recovered, which supposedly instantaneously transports you through some sort of wormhole to another place in the universe, another galaxy, another star system, not so much another time, but another place. Right, right. Now, Burrish's claims that are, are that these stargates are rings. They're like man-made devices, rings, portals, uh, that are found naturally in some places, but there are man-made ones as well where people can not only go th- sort of cut through space, but also time. Supposedly, there's one right up the road from me in Sedona. I was just going to say, <laughs> Sedona. Now, that one is supposed to be natural. Not oh, yeah. Oh, and, you know, boy. people always, I've not been there yet. I can't believe it. But everybody I know who's been there now, I don't know. How do you feel? Have you been there and felt like you were in uh, another reality or <laughs> or just felt nothing? Well, that's the the people that live uh, in Sedona kind of make you feel that way. Uh, the place itself, no. Uh, there are very unusual energetic properties um, all over in the, the Red Rock, uh, Mogollon Rim region. But uh, something, you know, as exotic as, you know, an actual wormhole or time right. portal, I, I've, I seriously doubt that. But uh, you never know. Like you said, you can't, you can't factor everything out and you can't factor exactly. anything in really. And and the thing is, is that, uh, you know, I love a good conspiracy. I do believe where there's smoke, there's often fire. Not always, but often. Uh, and, and so what you have to do is you have to be really discerning here. Well, these these people really are very passionate, very detailed when they describe what happened to them and what they went through. Almost as if it's been programmed. I mean, I don't remember what I had for dinner yesterday. But when dinner? You, these people talk, they just... They're so full of times and dates and statistics, and this is what so-and-so was wearing, and we were here. I mean, the description is just mind-boggling. I talked about this with a, a couple of other people saying, how did, how you know, Bishago, it, it just the detail of his descriptions of what happened on these chrononaut time travel experiments is mind-boggling. But that still doesn't necessarily mean that what happened to him actually happened. I guess it's possible he took notes. Yeah. yeah. You know, he could have written this down in his personal diary, but you don't wonder that sometimes having too much detail can, in and of itself, be a reason to distrust the person. I, isn't that strange? When people tell you too much, you distrust it. When they don't tell you enough, where's that fine line? Uh, but again, I think we all know that the, the military, the government, whatever you want to call it, them, Whatever's going on scientifically in the academic, the halls of academia, you got to figure that there are research projects going out under the radar that are maybe 20, 25 years ahead. It just seems to be that way, and that's fine. 
Uh, so this could be happening. It also could just be complete fabrication. And I, I just think that a secret that big. Yeah, I agree. And, and this latest uh, round of claims by uh, this Laura Eisenhower and, and Bassagio about being trained to go to Mars. And uh, they went with a group of, of others, uh, including uh, Barack Obama, Barry Satoru. Yeah. And, well, uh, course, so I wonder how his BlackBerry would work on Mars. Yeah. yeah. I, what was really strange to me about the whole thing is they, uh, you know, they claim that Ed Dames of uh, Coast to Coast fame, who mm-hmm. has made probably more predictions that haven't come true on Art Bell than any, anybody else. Um, Ed Dames supposedly was the one that trained them. And when he found out that he had been, you know, fingered as the trainer, he totally denied it and said, I don't know what these people are talking about. So. It's, I don't know, it, it, it gets very weird. You know, somebody told me something that made a lot of sense that, that you know, it, it, it just sounds more like misinformation or disinformation, I mean, you, to sort of cover up what might really be going on. And you've got these people coming forward that are just making these outlandish claims. So what happens is the public will automatically shut down and say they're all full of crap, none of it's true. Yes, there could be seeds of truth that are being ignored because we're focused on the more outlandish claims. Um, That's how it works, I guess. Well, Well, it's a conspiracy theory. We're trying to maybe resurrect these claims. It's not just people who run around wanting to have their 15 minutes of fame. Especially today, we have reality shows where we have Uh, people make their lives into something that should be important. I mean, I don't know about you. I guess there are people out there who want to watch Storage Wars or The Real Housewives of Name Your City and make these people who supposedly are normal people, sure, they're probably just would-be actors or would-be personalities, and they're looking for a way to break into show business, and someone says, hey, why don't you do a reality show? Because a reality show, of course, is... (laughs) Is real. (laughs) Is not reality. We have Marie Jones looking at the frontiers of reality with Gene and Chris. You're in... The Paracast. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com The worst drought in 50 years continues, and the first six months of 2012 marks the hottest half year on record. 78% of the Midwest Corn Belt is in drought conditions. Not only corn, but soy, alfalfa, fruits, vegetables, and wheat are all impacted, raising prices. 
cost to feed livestock is forcing farmers and ranchers out of business, blowing up your food prices. The only strategy to counter this is to freeze your food cost at today's prices by getting your own supply of foods from eFoods Direct now. As the price of raw ingredients increases, eFoods will have to raise prices too. Now is the time to get your supply. I recently increased my supply from eFoods Direct because we have all known this was coming. You know about their delicious long-term storable foods. The fact is you can eat at any time to save money today. And because it stores for 25 years, you're locking in today's prices and avoiding the rising food cost. Don't wait. Call 800-409-5633 or go to eFoodsDirect.com forward slash Alex. Call 800-409-5633 or eFoodsDirect.com forward slash Alex. You can bet your life on eFoods Direct. Let's keep preparedness simple. Do you need stuff for disasters? Of course you do. For over 15 years, DisasterStuff.com has, well, stuff for disasters. See? Easy to remember. DisasterStuff.com. Want free shipping on a new Berkey water filter? DisasterStuff.com is the official Berkey in-stock shipping center. Lots of folks want an EMP Faraday bag to protect sensitive electronics during a solar or nuclear event. Now for a limited time, all survival gear purchases over $75 include a free 8x8-inch EMP Faraday bag. Just enter promo code EMP bag when you check out at DisasterStuff.com. We're also a country living grain mill authorized dealer. Plus, we offer freeze-dried foods by Alpine Air and Wise Foods. We also carry emergency kits, survival seeds, and much more. Preparedness should be simple, and it is. Just remember, DisasterStuff.com. Freedom through self-reliance and personal responsibility. Radio advertising on GCN, the Genesis Communications Network, is simple, affordable, and reaches millions. How do we do it? Let's break it down. First, the simple part. You tell us about your business. <laughs> then our expert radio copywriters write your copy. We hire professional voice talent. Hello there. I'm a professional announcer. And then produce your ad with just the right music and feel. Voila! Simple. The affordable part. You can start with 60-second ads on GCN for as low as $15. Yes, $15. That would make GCN the most affordable national advertising, period. And that brings us to The Reach. Millions of people listen to GCN radio programs on over 700 AM and FM and XM stations and streaming audio live. That's it. A one-stop shop. Millions of potential customers for only $15 per ad. And customer service that can't be beat. Check out our current list of satisfied advertisers at GCNlive.com. Then shoot us an email. Advertise at GCNlive.com. We explore the frontiers of reality this week on the Paracast with Gene and Chris. We're talking to Marie Jones. She, with Larry Flaxman, wrote this book. This book is from the future, but it was written in the past, I guess. It was. Right. (laughs) Now, the other question, of course, we have here is, according to Einstein, we can't break the speed of light. It is because of the theory of relativity, that's the barrier. We can't get through it. We create science fiction gimmicks like right. Warp Drive to do it. In the real world, science has not yet proven that the theory of relativity is wrong. We had almost, we thought, evidence that time travel or warp travel or something could take place and it didn't come to pass. Right. So how does science reconcile Einstein with Warp Drive or anything like that? You know, Einstein did not know everything. I hate to say that because uh, he you was think? totally brilliant, but 
you know, even before he died, he was absolutely certain that non-locality or entanglement, the idea that particles that come in contact with each other can communicate instantaneously over a vast expanse of, of space, he did not believe that. And it was proven after his death. John Bell and Alan Aspect and a number of other experiments proved Einstein to be wrong on that. I think that Einstein, and I know that I've read interviews and, and books about him where he did claim that what he was laying down as law or fact would one day be overturned. And it's just a matter of these are the, the known laws of physics, the known laws of nature of our universe now. That doesn't mean they're going to be a year from now. I mean, I think that we're constantly uncovering new knowledge and information. And the further we reach out into the universe, there was an experiment done, and I don't have the details. I think it might be in the book. I know Larry and I wrote about it before, um, where they, these particular researchers showed that at the vast distances in our universe, the laws of physics may not apply. They may be different within our own universe. So why then would we suggest that what Einstein came up with is never going to be overturned? I mean, we don't even know at the vast furthest reaches of our own universe how light may operate, how these laws of physics may operate. It's always going to be overturned. It's a matter of time. It's a matter of looking deeper, looking further out. There's going to be a particle that somebody discovers that can move faster than light. Who knows? I, I just, again, I always believe that everything that we know as fact will one day be overturned. I mean, come on, you know, you got to think about how a long time ago they thought the earth was flat and, and that was fact. We once believed that the earth was flat. We once believed that the earth was the center of the solar system. These were actual facts. Uh, and of course, somebody would come along and say, I've got some observations to the contrary. And the next thing you knew, there was new scientific laws, new facts being laid down. So I think and not with always easily either. Sometimes that went down oh. with great difficulty. Someone from the U.S. Patent Office suggested in the late 1890s or somewhere around that time that most of everything that could be invented had been invented. Right. Of course, if we right. went back through time and handed this guy an iPhone, he might change his tune. <laughs> Hey, he may have had one. Come on. He was just hiding it. He didn't want everybody to know. Uh, but I certainly think that science catches up to itself. Uh, you know, what we consider fact today could just completely be overturned 20, 30 years from now as we progress with technology and our ability to really see the, the structure of what we're made of, what the universe is made of. We're learning something new. Like I said before, it just seems like every day there's a new research story that comes forward and you feel like, why didn't I include that in the book? And it's just amazing how knowledge is just coming at us so quickly. One of my favorite stories in the book uh, deals with two scientists at the, uh, the Large Hadron Collider predicting that, uh, that the future may not want the collider to actually discover the God particle, the, the Higgs boson particle and sure enough they had this strange event which uh which happened you want you want to kind of quickly tell that story that's that's pretty fascinating i remember when that happened oh yeah there was a bird that if it landed or flew into now i'm trying to remember uh but there was a bird that apparently sabotaged some of the computer system and it, it just shut it down for a while and it was just a, a simple act of nature and these two gentlemen 
just really felt like it, the bird had been sent from the future to literally sabotage the entire operation as a warning. You know, don't do this. You're not supposed to, again, we were talking about before, you're not supposed to tamper with certain things, including time. Um, just one of our, our little time travel conspiracies that we threw in there that actually happened. There was another one that was actually a, a piece of baguette. Somebody was eating a sandwich, I guess, and a piece of baguette fell where it shouldn't have and bogged some of the experiments. And so there was the baguette conspiracy that the person was eating the sandwich and, and it broke. And it, but that this had happened because it was meant to stop all of the research that was going on at the LHC from ever happening because we might find wormholes or black holes and then we'd all be sucked into a black hole and on and on and on. So just, but it is interesting because it goes back to the ethics and morals of whether we should be tampering with playing God, quote unquote, and trying to figure out how everything works because what do we usually do? Once we figure out how things work, we usually try to manipulate it and change it and work it ourselves. Yeah, well, we have been sucked into a black hole. It's called Washington, D.C. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But we're not coming out the other end, the white hole. A, I think we're being shot out. The wormhole, but there's no <laughs> exit point. <laughs> are you trying to say to all the people who are elected to Congress, all the elected officials, are worms? <laughs> <laughs> That's one way of putting it, Gene. Yeah, that is. They could be time travelers from the future sent to mess up our present. You never know. Well, they sure as heck did that. <laughs> but you have to wonder, too, if there are time travelers, how would we even know? How would we really know unless someone came to you and say, okay, I am a time traveler. Of course, why believe them? Right. And I mean, people have done that, John Teeter. And what do we do? We think they're nuts. And I'm not sure what would constitute proof they they would have to do something pretty outrageous in front of my eyes to make me believe that they and i'm not sure what that would be show me the device let me try it out land take, on the take public. me on a trip in the tardis Get, yeah give free tardis rides to skeptics and scientists and you know still you'd have large segments of society that would say well it's the devil it's you know well, they have to show some technology from the future. So if they came to. from 500 years hence, show me some technology that indicates right. to me that you have something, some information, some knowledge, some capability that we do not understand. Right. And now there's another paradox, sort of future-related paradox about that, just as there are the past-related. And that is that if you have people come from the future – and give us knowledge and information and this and that and the other thing, basically you're screwing up our ability in the present to achieve those things. You're, you're sort of making us obsolete because if we're getting everything from the future, what's the point of living in the present? You know, it reminds me of the scene in Star Trek, The Voyage Home, the one that Leonard Nimoy directed, was a scene in this plant where Scotty, and Dr. McCoy entered there, and of course, they wanted to have something that could take humpback whales to the future. Right, It's right. one of the best Star Trek films. Kind of funny, kind of different for a normal Star Trek. They went back through time, and what they do is they use warp drive to make the Enterprise leap around the sun and therefore go back through time. So they go back 
to the 20th century, the 1980s in San Francisco, mm -hmm. in search for the humpback whale. What Looking happened then? Looking for a then? nuclear wessel. Ah, uh, yes, a nuclear wessel. I'll tell you where you can find us. You can't find us in the 1980s anymore. You can find us on thepowercast.com or check us out on Twitter at thepowercast. That's the Paracast on Twitter. <laughs> a nuclear wessel. I'll be back with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. You can't argue with success. And many people have found great success in fighting back colds and flu viruses with Ali C, the world's best garlic extract. So now, it's time to get even more success with the other great quality natural products from Affinity Health Products. Like C Energy Liquid Vitamins, Lose and Snooze, and the One Day Diet. Or Human Growth Hormone Support, Menopause Specialist for Women, and Joint Specialist. See these and many other quality Affinity Health products for men and women online at AffinityHealthProducts.com. That's A-F-F-I-N-I-T-Y HealthProducts.com. Or call in your orders at 877-888-7126. That's 1-877-888-7126. Trust your health to the makers of Alley C, the world's best garlic extract. Affinity Health Products, the finest and most innovative natural health products available. The food storage industry leader has done it again. Introducing FDG Clubs and Survival Bucks from the Freeze-Dry Guy. For over 39 years, the Freeze-Dry Guy has served various government agencies and the private sector with the finest in storable foods and emergency rations. If you've wanted to build emergency food supplies but couldn't afford it, now you can. Go to freezedryguy.com, click on products, and look for the Freeze-Dry Guy Clubs to pay as you go. Now you can build food storage without going into debt. Choose from a payment range of $95 to $450 per month. Our clubs work with everyone's budget. Plus, when you join Freeze-Dry Guy Clubs, you'll get additional rewards. For example, this month, get 10% back in survival bucks on all purchases in the Freeze-Dry Guy product line, plus free shipping within the lower 48 states on any order amount. Hurry, go to freezedryguy.com or call 866-404-3663. That's freezedryguy.com or call 866-404-3663. The Freeze-Dry Guy, the best you can buy. 
Would it save you time to get the best quality water filters and the best quality storable foods from one company? You bet it would, and now you can at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. Big Berkey water filter products and great-tasting, long-lasting, storable, wise foods are both now available on one website, BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. Wise foods, ready-to-eat meals are packed in airtight nitrogen pouches and come with a 25-year shelf life. Big Berkey water filters are powerful enough to purify treated, untreated, or even stagnant pond water. Combine Berkey water filters with wise foods for an unbeatable preparedness combination. Get free shipping on every order over $50. And GCN listeners receive 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Visit Big B-E-R-K-E-Y waterfilters.com or call 877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Or go to BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. Hello, this is John Burroughs, one of the witnesses to the Rendlesham UFO incident. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. With Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast, and we're talking about some of the funny lines in the movie (laughs) Star Trek for the Voyage Home from the 1980s. This is where they go back to the past to basically get a humpback whale. So, of course, they need some way to contain water and the whales in this stolen Klingon spaceship. This is very involved, but I'm sure a lot of you have seen the movie. Okay, so Dr. McCoy and Scotty go to this plant, and they said, hey, you know what? Why can't we make transparent aluminum? And the plant manager says, what? And so (laughs) Scotty goes to this computer, which is, by the way, the first-generation Mac, and he picks up the mouse, and he says, computer, and then realized he has to type on the keyboard. <laughs> and he shows them how to make transparent aluminum. And Dr. McCoy says, well, how you know you're not changing the past by doing that? Mm-hmm. And his response is, I'm paraphrasing, well, how do you know he hadn't invented it already? True. The, the answer being that this is part of the future timeline, yeah. the change exactly. he made. Yeah, that's what you could say. Every single thing that happens, even going back and changing everything, that's part of the original plan. It's a, a way to get around that paradox. You can never change the past because whatever you do to change the past is preordained. Exactly. It's all meant to be. I like those three words. I think, okay, if I had to choose between which was more confusing, the science behind time travel or all of these philosophical elements with the paradoxes, I would definitely choose the philosophical elements. I mean, your mind really can get boggled thinking about how do you get around these these loops of thought where um, one of the most the coolest most recent books that I read was Stephen King's eleven twenty two sixty three about the JFK assassination where I don't know if you guys read it but a man is sent back in time to stop the assassination and he covers these paradoxes just brilliantly the whole idea being can you go back and fix the past without breaking the future and gets into all the ideas of alternate timelines and what have you. So but, we want to know, give us a spoiler. Did oh, he succeed no. in preventing the death of JFK? I can't give you a spoiler because the book is so involved. There's another scenario that goes on as a sort of a backstory. I would highly recommend people read it because if you really want to understand the ethical and moral problems behind time travel, uh, if it's not all predetermined, then it's just a fantastic example of somebody working fact into fiction. 
But that's the thing. Now, if you say that everything is meant to be and everything is set in stone, you're bringing a religious element into everything. And a lot of people are not comfortable with that. So they'll, they'll just sort of shun that whole theory. But each paradox has its own problems. And again, sometimes the only way around them are, is to come up with theoretical things like the multiverse. Well, you could do that. You can't do that here, but you could do it there. That's like an all-purpose solution and excuse for whatever doesn't work here. Yeah, you could do it in that universe, sure. One of my favorite uh, potential paradoxes involves the, uh, you know, the now infamous date of December 21st, 2012. And um, I've, I've wondered if possibly this could be when time travel is actually first uh, made operational. And because that's the furthest back that time travel exists, wouldn't it be interesting if all of a sudden the secret DARPA project uh, breaks the time barrier, if you will, and then all of a sudden, you know, we're flooded with time travelers coming back to the, to right. the earliest place that they can go in the timeline. And then right. that might tie into the whole Mayan thing about transformation of humanity and blah, blah, blah. Exactly. You know, just, it's that, cool sci-fi story. We yeah. open that final portal, you know, who knows? I, I, it could very well be that was that was the day in the i mean in our past to the mayans that could have been the day the time travel device was created and who knows we're not going to know until that day or after because i think a lot of people are going to be partying and, and won't remember what happened that day yeah i'm going to be down where the long count calendar was actually first devised uh in between the olmec and mayan civilizations down wow. in shela awesome. but one of the things that i i find very intriguing about this whole idea is that whole concept of of time travel only you can only go back as far as the the actual technology exists the and machines and, created right exactly so uh it would be interesting to uh to do a, a story based on that, some sort of fictional short story, let's say. And, so and basically have you can as, only go back as far as you have another time machine in the past to basically certify your arrival. Right. Confusing, isn't it? It's like, why do we, do, why do we bother? Let's just be happy where we are in the present moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, really. There's Did you ever think, though, Marie, that you would like to be able to go back and change something? Before I wrote the book, yeah, but I got to tell you, writing the book and, and thinking about the paradoxes and, again, thinking about the whole butterfly effect and, and the fact that everything I do, everything anybody does, is like throwing a pebble in the pond and those ripples affect outward uh, and, and influence the ripples of other people. I kind of stopped thinking about that. It made me realize that... I could go back and I could change something that I think in my mind now was negative and end up with a present and a future that are far worse than the one I have now. I don't want to do that. Um, so really, the more that I wrote the book and researched and Larry and I talked about it too, the, the less inclined I would be to attempt to go back and change anything. I would. I always say, oh, I'd love to go back to when my son was really small, and you know, do that all over again because it goes by so fast. But you have to ask yourself another question: Are you saying you want to go back with the awareness that you have now, or do you want to just go back with the awareness that you had then, which would mean you get to relive all the bad stuff as well as the good, or do you want to just go back and observe? Now, this is an interesting question. I guess we haven't brought up yet, and I'll do it just for the sake of argument. 
Okay, so if you go back in time to where you previously existed in that timeline, mm-hmm. would you replace yourself? Would you meet yourself? Would you meet yourself and find that the entire universe could blow up? What happens if you already exist in that timeline? Exactly. What happens to your past <laughs> self? I was thinking maybe what would happen is that your mind, which is a terrible thing to waste, as they tell me, your mind and your experiences would replace the mind and the experiences of yourself in the earlier time frame. Yeah, that's an, an interesting way to look at it. Unless you are literally turning back the clock, like the way you would rewind a tape. I remember those videotapes, rewind something and it, it just go back to the beginning and then press play. Then you would just be reliving sort of on an observer level what happened. But if you're talking about, like you said, if you're literally physically going back, then yeah, are you going to meet yourself as a kid? I think there was a movie about that where a guy goes back and meets himself when he was a child, and but he's not able to change anything. I can't remember what the movie was. Is well, it- in the reboot of Star Trek, they create an alternate timeline, and Spock travels back to the alternate timeline, and he meets his younger self. Yeah, yeah, that that would really screw things up. I mean, <laughs> I guess like the way they dealt with it is that an alternate timeline has been created. Right. Right. So the reality in which Spock Prime, as he's identified in the credits, or Leonard Nimoy, is presented, since it is an alternate timeline, therefore he can go back there and not change anything that was right. meant to be. Because, because it's he, already changed. Just right. By, and the timeline, his right. own timeline stays the same, but he's going back in an alternate. And again, there's that idea that the multiverse, alternate dimensions, alternate universes, it, it, again, it's like the catch-all excuse for being able to do all the things that you wouldn't be able to do in your own timeline in your own universe and that's why it's such a wonderful device in fiction because you can get away with it and we have to think here when we look at things like the ufo mystery and we talk about time portals or portals from one reality to another the common belief about ufos is that they're spaceships right right and they're coming from this point in time Coming from this point in time, but from elsewhere. They travel across the stars, whether it's wormholes or whether they took 100 years to get here or 1,000 years, you're coming from someplace else to here. But the other position is, of course, going from portal to portal, where they are in reality A, and they see what's going on in reality B, and they transport themselves to reality B, which may be why UFOs sometimes appear to wink in and wink out. Right, they're in, interdimensional aspects to many sightings. Sure, sure, and, and they and very well could be from the future, especially if they're traveling through the methods that we're talking about using someday for time travel, wormholes and and portals and. And if we're talking about portals, the other reality can be far in advance of ours. It doesn't mean it exists on a parallel time frame. Right, they're just sort of popping into our timeline to take a look stop for a soda or a beer and then go back into their timeline. Yeah, absolutely. They want classic Coke, not the new Coke. That's how it goes. (laughs) Marie Jones joining Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here.
Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner, and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit and carting to a private bank, having it led back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. My name's Bruno. I'm 52 years old. I've tried different protein powders over the years, and they've all tasted pretty bad. I tried One World Whey and found it to be delicious. After 10 weeks on One World Whey, my wife commented, you have more muscles and you're leaner than when you were 20 years old. My body has changed dramatically. I'm a cyclist. Normally, I'll ride two days on and take two days off. After being on One World Whey, I rode 10 days in a row in over 100-degree heat, and then I'd take another two servings of One World Whey and then work out at the gym for another hour and a half. I just couldn't believe these results. My normal muscle tightness and soreness after working out are virtually gone. Don't take my word for it. One World Way comes in single servings. Just give it a try. For a health and taste sensation you'll love, call 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325. Or visit oneworldway.com. That's oneworld. W-H-E-Y dot com. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Yes, do our interdimensional travelers covet some of the things we have here? Like the new Coke, or Coke Classic, <laughs> right. or Diet Coke. I've, I've got one for you. This is one I've been using for 20 years uh, when I uh, do presentations addressing the cattle mutilation phenomenon. Of course, a popular theory out there uh, you know, promoted by Linda Howe and others uh, are that these are extraterrestrials coming and gathering g- genetic material. But I've always thought that the idea of, of – cattle being at some point in the future banned as a protein source because there's such detrimental uh, life forms on the planet. Um, I could run through the litany of all the things that cattle are responsible for. Largest source of freshwater pollution, the creation of deserts, the reason why we're cutting down all the rainforests is to make room for more cattle. Anthrax, we just had an uh, an outbreak of anthrax in Colorado. But uh, one of the things that I've always thought could be intriguing is if cattle are banned as a food source, perhaps cattle mutilators are chefs from the future coming back to harvest illegal poachers. Uh, yeah, they're they're poaching uh, cattle from the past, you know, to create these million, uh, five million dollar a plate uh, <laughs> dishes of cattle anuses and lips or something. I, I, so the one percent go have dinner. For a mere hundred million dollars, you can have right. dinner. Lip and eye stew. <laughs> there you or go. Like a There's butter, a reality show day. somewhere that's taping all that, right? But you know, I mean, it, when I was originally in Mufon many moons ago, 
No, but it, well, there was discussion about the interdimensional and, and even the time traveling aspects, but it was still really more of a nuts and bolts kind of thing where we thought they're coming from some point in our universe and, you know, they've got a fuel source that enables them to get across vast expanses of space. And then then you started to introduce the interdimensional aspects because a lot of sightings, like you said, they just had the appearance of projections as if there were images being projected from somewhere else and they would sort of zap in and then zap out of, of your, of your, of your site. Um, and, and now time travel aspects, especially with these revelations about Roswell and. Yes, but I still wonder why Roswell would have anything to do with time travel. I mean, it could, it could be interdimensional visitors, but why not just ET having an accident? It could be, absolutely. I mean, I still don't know what, I don't think anybody still knows what happened there. It's kind of like the JF, it's like one of those conspiracies that's never going to go away. I don't think the entire truth will ever surface. And, and if it does, then you're always still going to have people that will say, no, that I don't believe that's what happened. And you're naysayers. But yeah, very well could have just been a crash from our corners of the universe. Uh, but it's just interesting, you know, to have the, this one particular gentleman. He was a U.S. Navy commander. His name was George Hoover. He's the one who claimed, he told his son and another UFO researcher, William Burns, that in interviews that he um, he had an inside scoop and was able to view the wreckage and view the entities. And he was convinced that they were time travelers and that they may have even been us coming from the future, coming back to communicate with ourselves so you just don't know i mean again yeah, maybe, maybe they were coming back to harvest some cattle and they uh they they made a wrong turn during a lightning storm or something exactly yeah they just you know but then i i remember somebody saying well if they were time travelers from the future wouldn't they have had better technology and not crashed at all but that was a really good point <laughs> Well, the other thing to consider here is that sometimes we assume or want to assume that this technology is way in advance of ours, but maybe it's not that so far in advance. Right, could be 20 years. And maybe it's a political thing where the spaceship was built by the lowest bidder who gave the right bribes to (laughs) the agency that built this spaceship. I mean, we have to assume here, there's no reason not to, that on other planets or in other dimensions and other realities and other time frames – they might have the same problems we have. I'm sure they have more advanced levels of the same problems that we have. Absolutely, absolutely. And you're right. I mean, if you think about how technology and progress has increased, oh gosh, since what, the last 50 years? We could say that some of these quote-unquote advanced civilizations are only 50 years ahead of us because look at the, you know, the exponential increase of technology between today and 50 years from now. I, I can't even envision well in the middle of the 21st century of course they invented warp drive right (laughs) the star trek legend yep absolutely it's coming teleportation what else beam me up scotty and speaking of teleportation there have been experiments with that absolutely on the quantum level we have teleported particles like i said before it always seems to happen on the quantum level first and it's that is a huge breakthrough because it does show that theoretically it's possible with larger objects something bigger than a a particle but absolutely there's been a number of teleportation experiments done but again how long will it be before we can beam up a dog or a person or 
you know, a, a rover onto Mars instead of going through everything that we did with curiosity. We'll just beam that puppy up in 10 seconds. And also you'd have to contain its genetic signature because we'll have another creature gets in the in beam, the like right. the movie The Fly. Oh, yes. Remember the original fly, not the Jeff Goldblum version, but the right. original was pretty straightforward. It is the uh, guy had the head of a fly and the body of a human, and a little fly had the body of a fly and the head of a human. And right. he kept he saying, help me, help me. I remember seeing that as a kid and just thinking, this is sick. Yes, but you have to think here, <laughs> if you invent some kind of matter transportation device, it transports matter from here to there, you have to have a fail-safe mechanism that creates a genetic blueprint of this entity being object whatever and retains that blueprint in transporting you to the other location. Right. It it is scrambling you into molecules and atoms and quantum elements and whatever and reassembling you at the other end. How does this happen accurately or is that the result of many years of failed experiments? I would not want to see those failed experiments. But not only that, but how do you keep any outside particulate matter from interfering with that beam of your genetic data? Well, if, of course, you get an accurate picture of the genetic data at the source, it doesn't matter. Because it's only beaming that source. It creates the image of that that source from the target location and the location where you are beamed, whether there's another transportation or transmission device or receptive device there or you just end up in the middle of a field it would have some methodology of reassembling you in accordance with this genetic picture so therefore it doesn't matter if there's contamination because at worst then two creatures will be transported (laughs) yeah and i you know i think that's why they do all this stuff on the quantum level first before they they venture to try it on a larger scale and have something go wrong Well, in the case of the UFO mystery, do we have beings who seem to be beamed from elsewhere? There are people that claim that the entities that are involved in abductions, or even the contactee movement, that a lot of these entities say that they're from the future, for what that's worth. Why Um, believe them? Yeah, you know, if you've been... I mean, if an entity comes here and says, okay, people of Earth, we're going to protect you from yourselves, it doesn't matter what they say. Why do people believe anything they say? Because we don't know who these beings are. We don't know if we're even seeing the beings as they are. And we certainly don't know if their morals, if their motivations are accurately represented. Right. I like, you know, love the TV series V, which I thought did a real great campy portrayal of that very thing. The idea that you have these beautiful human aliens that come here, the visitors, and they come in peace and they're of peace and they're gorgeous creatures. And yet underneath their skin, they're lizards, they're reptilians, and they want to kill all the humans. And But what really bothers me is the idea that anything or anybody can come from the future and want to save us. What a cop out. I mean, why are we even bothering to live our lives in the present if somebody's going to come from the future, whether they're alien or human, and save our, ourselves. But we don't know that. Yeah, exactly. We only know that maybe some beings will tell us that, but we have no way of knowing if those if beings tell are telling us, us the truth. Exactly. And I might exactly. just be big liars. And what was that one movie where he came with the cure for, for cancer? Was it The Day the Earth Stood Still? No, The Day the Earth Stood Still, that's interesting because it kind of framed the legend of the contactees at the time. Right. We have Marie Jones with Gene and Chris. You're in The Paracast.
We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive PowerCast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items. And entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the PowerCast jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a PowerCast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.thepowercast.com, store.thepowercast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the PowerCast. You go to store.thepowercast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System today, complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231, and the Berkey Guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey Light, the Berkey Guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey Guy at 1 886 3653. That's 1 886 3653. Or order online at goberkey.com. That's goberkey.com today. Every day, nearly 3,000 families enter into foreclosure and face losing their home. If you're currently behind on your mortgage, you can still avoid foreclosure. You can save your home, but you need to act now. We're Allied State Foreclosure Services. We're experts in saving homes from foreclosure. With just one phone call to us, you can stop the foreclosure process, lower your monthly mortgage payments, and save your home. Call now. The call is free with no obligation. 1-800-597-8843. Call us if you've been threatened with foreclosure, denied loan modification, or missed a payment on your mortgage. If you've been a victim of a predatory loan or are upside down on your mortgage, even if you've lost your job and you're worried about losing your home, don't wait. Call us now and let us help you save your home. You've worked hard to build a life with your family. Let us help you keep your home. Call now before it's too late. 1-800-597-8843. Hello? Congratulations. For what? For losing all that weight. How'd you do it so fast? ASAP. ASAP what? What's that mean? Are you ready to get as skinny as possible, as soon as possible, as simple as possible, and as sexy as possible? I'm listening. Then get with the ASAP program. It's real and it works. No smooth talk, no slick advertising, and no exaggerated claims of success. I've got to know more. Welcome to ASAP, as slim as possible. Whether you have 10, 20, or 50 pounds to lose, ASAP is your weight loss answer. ASAP targets the abnormal fat reserves and makes them available to be burned as fuel and contains no caffeine or hormones. Order ASAP at wholesale prices or join the team to share the business with others. Visit GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Lose weight and look great with ASAP as slim as possible. 
We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. With Gene and Chris in the Paracast, this book is from the future from Marie Jones and Larry Flaxman. Marie is here, and we're talking about The Day the Earth Stood Still. The original version, 1951, Michael Rennie, British actor, unknown here, plays Klaatu. Right. Being from another planet or star system, comes here to warn Earth to give up our warlike ways, and if not, they'll take matters into their own hands. And he has this robotic creature called Gort with absolute power over them. They've given this race of robots absolute power to combat crime, to combat evil. And if Earth is evil, they'll take care of us. But that legend, the legend of E.T. coming here wearing silvery uniforms with right. uh-huh. blonde hair, although Michael Rennie had dark hair, coming here to Earth warning us of the consequences of nuclear testing, our tribal warfare, etc. That's part of the legend. That's what The Day the Earth Stood Still was about. They had oh. a remake. Yeah. Was it Keanu Reeves? Oh, yeah, but why <laughs> they made this movie, I don't understand, because they basically ripped apart the core simple story the best stuff and the they made it into a jumbled mess yeah that I'm very disappointed <laughs> but i love those old science fiction movies and even some of the newer ones that have a real message a real theme they're not just about oh one day look we're gonna have laser guns that do this pew 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 my son and i watched district nine a while back and i just i love the idea that you can combine science fiction, and futuristic whatnot with, with a theme. I now, just, in District 9, the aliens are basically segregated from us. It's like a apartheid commentary. It was a really good movie. But again, I hate the idea, and this is just me personally, that people are so willing to look for, because I know with the, the whole alien thing, and even time travel for some extent, because somebody could come back from the future and give us the cures to this and that and the other thing and help solve all our economic problems. It, it's that sort of savior mentality that somebody will come back and save us, you know, whether it's aliens. And, and again, like you said, that shows that there are people that are so willing to turn their trust over to anyone or anything. Somebody comes back from the future and says, I'm here to save you. And all of a sudden he's got the biggest cult in town with zillions of followers. Um, that just really bothers me that people don't take a step back more and think about maybe we need to do all this for ourselves. So you know, the idea of traveling into the future to get knowledge and technology, we may be screwing up our own purpose. Well, the other thing, I mentioned this in my editorial for our weekly newsletter, why assume that E.T. is even good? Why yeah. assume they are any different than we are? Look exactly. at the science fiction shows that show advanced technology. Look at Star Trek, and supposedly we got our acts together, but we still have the Klingons and the Romulans and other right. hostile races. Look at Babylon 5. We have different civilizations fighting each other, and they basically are behaving the same as we do. Why assume just because we have intergalactic travel, warp drive, and all this other stuff that we are any different? We just take our problems to another star system. Take them to another level. (laughs) Exactly. We just have better technology, but the same emotional immaturity and problems. Absolutely. I mean, have we changed all that much with our emotional maturity from 2,000 years ago to now? Really? I don't think so, no. No. 
You're Seven right. tribal we still wars. Going to wars. Yeah, we're still hurting each other and and being intolerant. And yeah, absolutely. Just because an advanced civilization has killer technology doesn't mean that they're mentally or emotionally or psychologically that much further along. We would hope. We think just because they have killer technology doesn't mean they're also not killers. Right. So if they evolve scientifically with knowledge, technology doesn't necessarily mean they've evolved as beings. The, The two don't have to always go hand in hand. You know, we might have first contact not with the Vulcans, who are a peaceful people, but with the Romulans. Yeah. And I think also, you know, with they could be indifferent to us completely and not care at all. They <laughs> could just be observing the way that we drive through a town on the way to Vegas and stop in for a soda. And you, you don't care. You're not there to change anything. You're not there to hurt anybody. You're just passing on through. And yet we give such importance to if somebody sees a UFO. <gasps> Disclosure is coming. They're going to land and they're going to take care of our problem. Isn't this wonderful, though? Protect us. It's so yeah. exciting. We can't wait for E.T. to have to be warm and fuzzy. I mean, the last warm and fuzzy E.T., the warmest and fuzziest E.T. was E.T., the extraterrestrial. And we have to think, what about the people he came here with? I mean, imagine this. You're a botanist and you come to Earth you miss the signal that you have to come back to the spaceship. So they take off without you. Yeah. And the yeah. only way they know <laughs> that you've gone is because you send them a radio signal. Don't they take like a roll call or something to make sure that this ET is aboard the ship? And if they say, you know what? He's not aboard the ship. We've got to go back and recover him. He might be in danger. Those primitive earthlings, they might capture or kill him. <laughs> they might put him on reality TV. What's going to happen? Yeah. All you'd have to do is karate E.T. in the neck, and you'd break his neck like like a twig. The extraterrestrial karate kid. That's the remake. (laughs) But that's true. Yeah, they didn't notice that there was one less big, clumsy creature on board the ship than when they got there. Yeah, that's true. I never thought of it that way. And I think that's a huge gaping hole that Steven Spielberg needs to fill in in a sequel. There will be no sequel. It's 30 years ago we had E.T. They'll finally come back for him, and he'll just be so angry that he'll just Right. Well, they came back for him at the end. But here's the thing. I thought of E.T. as a child. This is space camp. Right. And they have a set of rules, and the camp counselors say, look, here's the deal. (laughs) You're going to come back within whatever time frame. You'll take your soil samples. You'll come back. If you don't come back, we're going to leave you. Too bad. You're going to have to fend for yourself. That's a life's lesson. So eventually, of course, E.T. figures the way to contact them to say, come back and help me. Maybe in the end they would have come back anyway. But this is part of the learning experience that you're going to be an explorer on another planet, possibly hostile, and you have to learn to fend for yourself. So if you don't get back to our ship in time, you're on your own, kid. Could be right. that. I don't know. And it very well could have been that there was another ship coming, like bus schedules. You know, the, if a bus isn't here in 20 minutes, catch the next one. We're going. See ya. And so when E.T. sends <laughs> out the signal, and they never establish in the movie, by the way, whether E.T. is male or female, both or neither. And right. I always suggested, you know what, let's call him male because that's the implication in the movie that this is a he. But right. the, as you say, he sends out the signal, but they don't respond immediately. They do respond eventually, but maybe they either waited for the signal or would have come back anyway because of their time schedule. Right. Maybe they needed to do something really urgently and just said, he just misunderstood that they were coming back for him. (laughs) 
we're dissecting the movie E.T. here, folks. E.T., 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 E.T. And the end. Be good. <laughs> now, see, was he a time traveler? I don't know. He, he, didn't uh, look he looked good. alien to me. <laughs> he came back in a flying saucer. Yeah, they had the advanced technology, and yet we would look at him and say, he doesn't look to be all that evolved. So He was a child. He was. We'd have was. to ask Steven Spielberg. Yeah, when you only, created you know, E.T., did you intend this creature to be a child? Marie yeah. Jones and Larry Flaxman wrote the book, This Book is from the Future. But we have two more segments in this present-day reality. With Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are... The GCN Radio Network. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs. Convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com What's the difference in all these online emergency food stores? The difference is Deseret. DeseretFoodStores.com has the best price on a one-year supply of restaurant-style gourmet food starting at just $695 for 875 servings. For the highest quality food with a 30-year shelf life, experience the Deseret difference at DeseretFoodStore.com, spelled D-E-S-E-R-E-T, or call 801-444-1444. DeseretFoodStore.com, food for now, food for life. In a coming-apart world, you need something to keep it tied together. That something is Atwood Rope, the highest quality rope made in the USA from exotic braids for military, rescue, arborists, shipyards, tow line, or boating. Quality rope at affordable prices you and your customers can depend on. Find a dealer or shop online at atwoodrope.net. Enter promo code RADIO to receive 100 feet of 550 paracord free with purchase. Atwood Rope, working to keep the world tied together. Clear out your pantry and make room in your closets. You're going to need the space for these hot August deals at BePrepared.com. Going on now, save 23% on Provident Pantry Scrambled Egg Mix or 28% on freeze-dried strawberry slices. New this month, baking cocoa for daily use or long-term storage. Buy one of the Provident Pantry baking or dessert combos and save up to $25 off individual component pricing. Or add some weight to your water storage at BePrepared.com. The ultimate 55-gallon water barrel combo is on sale this month for only $94.99. Food and water storage is great, but how are you going to cook it in an emergency? The popular Volcano 2 collapsible stove. Save $27.96 off MSRP. Go to BePrepared.com for more details and more August savings now through August 31st. Call 800-999-1863 to experience exceptional customer service and BePrepared.com's low price guarantee. That's 800-999-1863. The choice is clear. Be unprepared or BePrepared.com. 
We've lived in this neighborhood for years. We have an alarm system and all of our doors have deadbolts. They kicked in our door and were in and out of our house in about five minutes. The police arrived in about 20 minutes, but they were long gone with our TV, jewelry, and my guns. I kept thinking, what if my family had been home? The police officer said that more than 85% of break-ins are through a door and that deadbolts alone don't stop intruders. The officer told me to go to EZArmor.com if we wanted something that would actually stop an intruder. EZ Armor reinforces all of the weak points on your doors and is guaranteed to prevent kick-ins. I was surprised at how little Easy Armor costs, and I installed Easy Armor in about 30 minutes. Visit EasyArmor.com. That's the letters E-Z-A-R-M-O-R.com. Or call 888-58-ARMOR. That's 888-582-7667. EasyArmor.com. Ultimate door security made easy. Hi, this is Ted Phillips listening to the Paracast, and it's as good as it gets, believe me. We're exploring the past, the future, indifferent. Who knows what's going on there? What about H.G. Wells and his flying machine from the 1890s, was it, when he wrote that book? Actually, it's not a he, because if you follow Warehouse 13, H.G. Wells is a woman. Really? Yes. (laughs) Ever watch that show? No, I've never seen I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. Kind of a wacky show where you have all these advanced artifacts that are placed in the special warehouse called warehouse uh-huh. 13 uh-huh. you kind of think it was ascended from the original indiana jones movie oh with the big yeah where the boxes are all stored in right the where at the end they take the ark of the covenant and they stick it in this warehouse oh could you imagine what's in that warehouse wow <laughs> the raiders of the lost ark yeah this book is from the future is the book and we're discussing all the permutations about time travel and wormholes. We didn't talk about wormholes that much. Oh, now, of course, they use wormholes as a device in science fiction, like, for example, in Farscape. Right. Okay, in Farscape, we have this Earth commander gets caught in a wormhole and suddenly is thrust to the other side of the universe. It is an instant passageway from here to there, from this place to that place. Do we have wormholes in reality? They're theoretical. Does that okay, help? I'll buy that. Tell us more about wormholes. <laughs> well, it's, you know, basically, to, to put it simply, a wormhole is a black hole with a white hole, which is just another black hole, but it's at the other end. So you've got sort of an entrance black hole and an exit white hole. And in between, you've got a shortcut through time and space, kind of a tube-like if you want to give it a visual image. The idea is that if you have an apple, you have a worm on the outside of the apple. What would be the quickest way for the worm to get around to the other side? Would it be to go all around the perimeter of the apple or cut straight through, bore straight through the apple to the other side? And that's basically the concept behind wormholes. And um, one of the earliest, maybe not necessarily the earliest, but the most famous use of wormholes was in Alice in Wonderland, where the, uh, she goes down the rabbit hole into this other reality. And that's the whole idea is that a wormhole could lead to uh, not just another point in our universe, but possibly be a shortcut to another point in a parallel universe, but also possibly a shortcut to another point in time. So you could have a wormhole that goes from the past to the future. You could have one that goes from the present to the past and, you know, any number of different ways. We look at that in all sorts of ways. Even in the wacky TV show True Blood, which is about vampires and werewolves 
the fairies live in an alternate reality and you have to find a way to go yeah. to where they are and jump into this other place. Yeah, one of my favorite depictions of a wormhole was in the movie Contact with Jodie Foster, where she is sitting in that little chair. They've gotten contact from an alien civilization. They've gotten the blueprints to make this device for anybody who hasn't seen it, but I highly recommend it. And she sits in a chair above these whirring rings that are literally manipulating the EM field and creating below her a wormhole that she then drops down into. To the observer, it looks like nothing happened except the pod dropped and landed in the water below. But what really happened is she enters a wormhole and goes all the way to Vega, the star system, or I think it was Vega, I'm trying to remember, mm-hmm. and has experiences there. So it's really just a, a shortcut. But it's based- Of course, there she meets... This alien creature who masquerades itself as her late father because she wouldn't understand its true appearance. And I love that, too. I love the way it's explained that we are coming to you in a way that you can identify us and relate to us. Well, that creates the whole fabric of the UFO mystery, which is what we see. The fact that UFOs always seem to take on the appearance that is appropriate to the generation in which they appear. So today we look at... Spaceships and gray aliens and all that. Part of our mythology, that's how they appear. Mm-hmm. We have no idea if that's real. Exactly. It's the, the, the way that we symbolize the, the craft. They've become more evolved as we have. They're much more streamlined now than depictions of the past. The entities have gone from being really freaky looking to be these very streamlined, hairless grays, very simple looking creatures. And you're absolutely right. Uh, And that was a great movie because it did take a look at the idea that um, we perceive things. We may not be perceiving reality itself, though. So who knows what's on the other end of those wormholes. But there's a lot of science behind them. Einstein uh, and uh, fellow physicist Nathan Rosen came up with their theory, which was called the Einstein-Rosen Bridge. And just so much research has gone into whether or not wormholes exist, Uh, hopefully – Maybe out at at the Large Hadron Collider, they'll find evidence of a wormhole. Uh, There are people who believe that there are Earth-based wormholes, like the Bermuda Triangle or Devil's Triangle. Where We haven't heard so much about the Devil's Triangle in recent years. What's the story there? Yeah, and I don't know a lot as well, but apparently off the coast of Japan, there's another triangle where there have been innumerable disappearances and bizarre anomalies, very much like those you hear about with the Bermuda Triangle. The idea being, again, that maybe there are Earth-based wormholes or are these portals or vortexes where things get sucked in and they're being deposited in another dimension, reality, another universe, and that's why we never find the wreckage. So for what that's worth, (laughs) wormholes could be everywhere. But how do we prove it? How do we really prove the existence of this place or thing or whatever it is? And again, that's going to happen at the particulate level at places like the Hadron Collider, where they can literally smash these particles together and create some of these things like the Big Bang and and a parallel universe of string theory. It's just so strange that proving cosmic things like black holes and wormholes and the fundamental structure of reality itself always seem to happen first on the quantum level. So they'll find it proof of a quantum wormhole first. And then hopefully they will expand that, but not screw us up in the meantime. Yeah, 
Exactly. And the thing is, even if they exist, the idea that we could ever travel through one, that becomes a whole different ball game. Well, you point out in your book, and I think uh, in several places, that uh, there are some real, what are seemingly insurmountable barriers. Obviously, a black hole, I mean, light can't even escape a black hole. So the, the actual amount of radiation and forces involved would just would squash you, uh, it would tear you apart uh, millions of miles away from, from the actual, Absolutely. actual Absolutely. black hole itself. But one of the things that I found very fascinating about the book is how you were able to, and, and, and you guys really to, should be commended, uh, the way you were able to, to take these very complex uh, subjects, uh, you know, physics and cosmology, and put it into a, a very entertaining and, and readable format. And, and I did learn a lot, and, and I like the way also that, that you kind of did a very systematic progression of um, you know science discovering new new and different things and 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 how differing views kind of dovetailed uh, at points right. uh, especially especially Einstein again and and the quantum physics uh, you know and of course he said God doesn't play dice and there's some famous quotes attributed to Einstein uh, and he had he had his uh, he had his differences with Niels Bohr and some of the early Heisenberg and some right. of the early uh, physicists. But um, you, again, you are to be commended. Um, normally, science books are not uh, – I, I usually read them when I want to go to sleep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I ended up almost almost reading your book in a single sitting, which I don't normally do, especially with a book that's uh, real – you know, it's it's a little uh, weighty and and heavy ended on the science side, and 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 again, well, that is really a testament to you guys' writing. Thank you, and that's one of the things that we've become known for is is taking real complex stuff and breaking it down for uh, general audiences. But one of the reasons why we did that with this book is we really wanted to show the past, present, and future, the progression, the arrow of time of time travel. And that's why there is that sort of progression from the early research and the early concepts to the most current. But I got to tell you, it also saved our butts in terms of putting this together because the research was mind boggling. And that gave us a structure that we could work with where we wouldn't go nuts. Like, what are, what are we going to put in? What are we going to leave out? So just the idea of, okay, we're going to focus on the past and we're going to come up to the present. And then we're going to look a little bit ahead into the future. Gave us It was a, a much easier way of getting this book done. We have to get this done. This book is from the future from Marie Jones and Larry Flaxman. Marie's joining us with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. If you want to get your website online and you need reliable service, first-class service at the lowest possible price, there's only one place to go. Well, DreamHost has a special promotion with our show where they'll offer you unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click web apps such as WordPress, 24-7 support. You can save over $55. You want to know how? Go to DreamHost.com slash radio, DreamHost.com slash radio. Whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. 
Clear out your pantry and make room in your closets. You're going to need the space for these hot August deals at BePrepared.com. Going on now, save 23% on Provident Pantry Scrambled Egg Mix or 28% on freeze-dried strawberry slices. New this month, baking cocoa for daily use or long-term storage. Buy one of the Provident Pantry baking or dessert combos and save up to $25 off individual component pricing. Or add some weight to your water storage at BePrepared.com. The ultimate 55-gallon water barrel combo is on sale this month for only $94.99. Food and water storage is great, but how are you going to cook it in an emergency? The popular Volcano 2 collapsible stove. Save $27.96 off MSRP. Go to BePrepared.com for more details and more August savings now through August 31st. Call 800-999-1863 to experience exceptional customer service and BePrepared.com's low price guarantee. That's 800-999-1863. The choice is clear. Be unprepared or BePrepared.com. How's your pH today? Are you acidic? How alkaline is your blood and body? What is the pH of the water you drink? We are AlkaVision, and we have the answers. Drinking pure, high-alkaline water is one of the most important factors in maintaining vibrant health and high energy because bacteria and viruses cannot survive in an alkaline, high-pH environment. If your drinking water isn't at a pH level of 8 or higher, boost it with AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops. Our unique formula will alkalize your water, ridding your body of harmful toxins and acid, and help regain energy and health. Simply add 10 drops of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops to help your body rid itself of acidic waste, increase oxygen, and raise the pH of your body to optimal levels. Order your bottle of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops for only $29.95 at AlkaVision.com. Spelled A-L-K-A-Vision.com. Or call 800-518-7615. 800-518-7615. Alkalize your body. Supercharge your health at AlkaVision.com. Four, five, six, even seven dollars a gallon? According to fuel industry insiders and economic experts, those are the forecasted fuel prices. With no end in sight, fight back fuel prices with a fuel saver from airfusionsystems.com. These fuel savers can save you from 20 to 40 percent. They're designed to fit any vehicle from compacts to SUVs to transport trucks. The fuel saver works on all gas, diesel, even propane engines. Easy do-it-yourself installation in about 15 minutes. And the best part? No engine modifications, no computer chipping, no running wires, no chemicals, no water, no running costs, and no maintenance. And these fuel savers come complete with all parts and accessories. See how it works at airfusionsystems.com, spelled A-I-R-F-U-S-I-O-N, systems.com. Or call 888-887-9981, 888-887-9981. Fuel savers from airfusionsystems.com. Save fuel, save money, save earth. This is Leslie Kane, and I'm with the Coalition for Freedom of Information, and you are listening to the Paracast. Marie Jones joining Jean and Chris on the Paracast, taking an enjoyable journey through time, time and space <laughs> and alternate realities and wormholes. Of course, in the TV show Farscape, this guy who is the protagonist just takes a conventional spacecraft and is sucked up in the wormhole. He doesn't need any technology. It's just a matter of knowing where it is, and all bets are off. Boy, wouldn't it be great if it were that easy, huh? <laughs> That's what I love about science fiction is, you know, they can look at the rules and the laws and then say, ah, the heck with it. We're going to do it this way. Or here's how we're going to get around it. And there's some old short stories where they use hypnosis 
to send the protagonist forward or backwards in time. And so it's sort of like anything goes. Well, we have, of course, this movie that was came out after the original Superman with Christopher Reeve called Somewhere oh. in Time. Right. And he kind of falls in love with this image of this woman from the 1890s. Right. Jane Seymour, right? Right. Jane yeah. Seymour, right. Coming on the heels of, of course, Live and Let Die, where she became very famous as a right. Bond girl. <laughs> okay. Mr. Bond. Anyway, so he evidently hypnotizes himself to go back into the past to see this woman of his dreams, and he's doing just perfectly fine until he sees his wristwatch, which destroys the image of being in the past, and he's brought back to the future. Yep. Kind of sad. So careful. Very sad. Yep. Of course, you know, in the movie Superman, the first Superman, Superman flies faster than light around the earth to go back to the past to save Lois Lane. Remember that towards the end of the movie? See, and again, you know, when you're not... (laughs) I forgot that little detail. (laughs) Yeah, when you're not confined by facts, you can... But I still believe that science fiction always sort of leads the way to the science fact of the future. It's just having to think outside of the box. I mean, having to say, okay, here are the laws and rules that we know of today. Well, how do we push these? How do we... How do we? It's like that wall. You either go bust through it, or you go over it, or around it until you get to the other side. And it's amazing some of the ideas that twenty, thirty years ago people laughed at that are now part of our everyday reality. Well, I think the iPhone does more than the Star Trek communicator. All that thing could do is talk back and forth, right? And maybe right. you display one's location. Maybe it had an RFD chip. Wasn't very advanced. The tricorder, as a matter of fact. I guess would be roughly the equivalent of the iPad, a handheld computer. Mm-hmm. And what are the things, the, the zapper things, what are they called? Phasers. Phasers. There you go. <laughs> it's, you know, we've got tasers, similar. Doesn't well, zap- not really, because you can stun somebody if you switch it to stun. Right. But if you turn it up powerful enough, you can vaporize somebody. Wouldn't it be amazing if 10 years from now our tasers are able to vaporize people? Well, I don't know if that's such a good thing, but... Well, you know, there are lawsuits now, I think, against some of the companies that make tasers saying that people were shot by the police, you thought it would stun them, and they die. Yeah, it so, affects your heart, you know? Yes, you it could. Heart, if you have a heart condition, especially. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, boy, I'd sure hate to get hit with a taser if I had a pacemaker or some sort uh-huh. of... Um, you know, tell, tell Dick Cheney to be real careful around. Uh, <laughs> well, he, he, he doesn't want to be tased. Huh? He's well, got a new heart. He doesn't. Yep. Have Technology has its yeah. pluses and its minuses. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Well, he he waited almost seventy years to get a heart, so he finally got one. I'm not sure if that's going to help, but. <laughs> anyway, Marie, what what other projects are you working on? What other research are you doing? What's in the uh, in the pipeline for you? Believe it or not, right now. Nothing. <laughs> no, we just pitched some ideas to our publisher, so we're not sure what's going to be next. But right now we're just pretty much going crazy promoting this book and doing events. And we have our own radio show, doing all kinds of stuff. So always keeping busy. Hopefully in the next month we'll know what our next book will be. Now a book like this, this is a book of about 220 pages or so. How long did it take you and Larry to write this thing from the scratch? I believe this one we had five months. And it varies. It varies. It's determined on when 
you get the deal, you know, when you suggest it, when everything is finalized and what uh, window of availability the publisher has for it. And I believe with this one, it was very fast track. I think it was five months. Usually we'll get maybe six or seven months. I'll tell you what, when I used to write computer books, I'd write three or 400 or 500 page books in six weeks. Yeah, yeah. And we could probably do that, but I don't know. I think we would drop dead afterwards from the research. I don't, I don't think you could have done it with, with uh, this, this time travel book. Uh, no way. There was just too much research, obviously, it that you guys had to do. research heavy. And, yeah. the fact and you have two authors. It's not just one person yeah, doing all the work. Is. You think it would make it easier, and it does in some ways, but it's also making sure everything meshes together and you know, putting A with B and it. it was it was hard, but I think it, it's a really cool book. Just a aside, cute part of the book here is called Time for a Song, where you mention <laughs> all the songs here, just some of the songs that have the word time in the title. Yeah. There are too many here to yeah. go around. I'll mention a few. Time in a bottle from the late Jim Croce, whom I met a couple of times like weeks before he died in the nineteen seventies in a plane crash. Time after time, Cindy Lauper. Does anybody really know what time it is, Chicago? Time is on my side, the Rolling Stones. Time won't let me by the outsiders. Time passengers, Al Stewart. As time goes by, Jimmy Durante. Too much time on my hands from Sticks. And they're regrouped now, Sticks, by the way. They're outperforming. They're the new Sticks, huh? Yeah, the new Sticks. Well, I think they have the same lead singer. So it's the new Sticks and the old Sticks at last from Etta James. More today than yesterday, Spiral Staircase, time from Pink Floyd. How about the time warp from Rocky Horror? Come on. <laughs> right, 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 right. And you yep. look at all these things here. Time is tight. Booker T and the MGs. We are obsessed with time, are this we not? This is the time, Billy Joel. Mm-hmm. The way we were about time, obviously, Barbara Streisand. And the way we were, of course, that was a song that was written by Marvin Hamlish, who died recently. Yes, yes. About time passages. I said that already. Al Stewart. Yeah. It's too late. Carol King. (laughs) It's too late, baby. Yes, it's too late. Remember that? Day by day from Godspell. All in the year twenty five twenty five. Oh, is that I there? I don't. I don't see that here. I was trying to come up with one that that, that I didn't. Zager and Evans. They had two hits, by the way. That was one of them. And then another one was Indiana Wants Me, But I Can't Go Back There. Can't go back there, yeah. I remember those. <laughs> right. In the year 2525. There, I'm sure there's a ton of songs that uh, we couldn't find, but these were some of the fun choices we found. It just shows you how it's uh, like love. Time is always on the minds of singers and artists. The big questions about being human. Right. Of course, Mas- there is a TV show called Being Human. About a vampire, a ghost, and a werewolf. There's a British version and a USA version. They have to have two different versions? They can't just have one? No, they can't. Mm. I mean, sometimes they do, but a lot of times they will take a British TV show and remake it here. Oh, yeah. And sometimes, like the legendary comedy All in the Family, it works. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it doesn't. Being Humans on the Sci-Fi Channel. And that one appears to work. And the one who plays the werewolf, by the way, is the same kid who played he played one of the cavemen when they did a TV series about the characters in the Geico commercials, and he also played oh. Jimmy Olsen in <laughs> Superman Returns. Oh, I remember Sam that. Sam Huntington. Okay. You frightened me, Gene. Why is that? Did you, I mean, I, I, I'm, 
I've never lost at Trivial Pursuit, but I'm not sure if I'd do that well against you. (laughs) Seriously, you are a master of trivia. Yeah. Well, some people say he's just trivial. (laughs) And he's got to stop doing those pursuits. I thought that's what they said about your sidekick. (laughs) Funny. Marie Jones, tell our listeners where they can find more about the things that you do. Oh, at my website, mariedjones.com, or my website with Larry Flaxman, which is paraexplorers, P-A-R-A, paraexplorers.com. And I'm on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and you name it. I'm out there. And in this time frame, not the past, not the future, we don't know. (laughs) Marie Jones and Larry Flaxman, the book again is called This Book is from the Future. Chris and Brian, in what time frame are you? Well, we've run out of time. Yeah, see how time passed? Woo! (laughs) <laughs> well, we live on a strange planet. It's ourstrangeplanet.com. Uh, my my webmeister has uh, contacted me, and we're going to be doing some developmental work uh, this week to get the thing fully up to speed. That's going to include a webcam, by the way. You can find us on Twitter. We are the Paracast. There's a Paracast fan club on Facebook. In fact, two of them, we have to figure a way to merge it. So if you know how, merge our two fan clubs for the Paracast on Twitter. Or go to forum.theparacast.com for cutting-edge discussions about the paranormal. Marie Jones, thanks for joining us this week on The Paracast. Thank you. It was a blast. The Paracast, featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien, is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in the Paracast.